Welcome back to the Pallardy Podcast. This is Matt. What's up? It's Fiber Internet Ben. What's up, gentlemen? <laughs> it's Nick. How we doing, fellas? Doing amazing. Um, and we have a special guest, special treat for everybody tonight. Um, this guy had me on his podcast, which is called The Journey, by the way. There's your first plug. Um, he had okay. me on his podcast a while back, and I am thrilled to return the favor. Um, he's big, he's sexy, according to uh, Ben. He is a vibe. Oh, he's a vibe. He's the vibe. <laughs> uh, he's also an author. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Ben knew this. He's an author of this I, book. Called I've Cutting learned a ton in the last 30 seconds. So, I bet. <laughs> uh, he, he's the author of a book called Cutting Strings A Note to Myself. Um, he's our most financially successful guest we've ever had. Uh, we've mentioned him a few times. He's also one of my best friends in the world. Zach Colburn, welcome to the Paladin Podcast. Man, that is the best introduction I could have asked for. Seriously, that was <laughs> that was awesome. What's going on, everybody? All the listeners, it's stoked. I'm stoked to be here. Stoked to uh, shoot the shit with the boys and see what we can uh, dive into. See what we talk about. So I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, man. Oh, Appreciate you having on. No doubt. Super exciting. I already can feel this is going to be a good one. Good. Okay, so let's back up. Uh, Zach, you have your own podcast and book. Like I talk, let's let's hear about that a little bit. Yeah, so both serve different purposes. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. I think uh, reading is really what changed my life back when I was 16, 17 years old. And I know all of you guys read as well, so you guys all understand. And so for me, I I, I really just fell in love with reading. I love the experience that I got from reading books. I also love the fact that you know, you can die, but your book or the, what you leave behind lasts forever, right? We're, we're reading books of people who lived hundreds of years ago, some even, you know, thousands of years ago. And it's like, if you ever want to leave a piece of you behind, written word is, is one of the best. And I think the reason why books is, is, is what's been left behind is because we didn't have the technology to leave behind like podcasting and YouTube. Mm. I think it's going to be strange for the next generation, like our kids and my grand, like my grandkids will be able to watch 16 year old Zach on YouTube. That's the first time that's ever, ever been able to happen. But before that it was books. And so for myself, I wanted to leave a story. And when I felt that I finally had a story to tell, when I felt like I finally like, you know, went on a journey completed that journey, had answers to share, it was time for me to write a book. So I wrote a book uh, when I was 25 and it was really just about me finding my own path in life. Um, you know, I was really pushed to go to school, get a nine to five, go down that route. And I knew it wasn't for me. And so it was really just, you know, kind of figuring myself out, figuring out what works for me. When I finally found success in business, I realized that I was right all, all along. I just needed, you know, the right guidance. And so that book was pretty much a, a note to myself saying that kid, like, you know, if I was to start over at 18 years old again and, and tell myself, give myself the advice that I needed to hear, that's where that book came from. And so, you know, I don't really plug it that much. It's not like, you know, my business is my number one priority, but I do think it's going to be a cool relic to pass down to my grandkids one day. So that's the inspiration behind that. Love yeah, that. that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I love the reason for writing it too. That's, that's a cool idea. I also remember you telling me you're going to have your book out by your 25th birthday. And I'm pretty sure that it got to my place on your 25th birthday or you had released <laughs> it that day. Like it was, I mean, yeah, I actually, no, I released it on my 25th birthday. Yeah. 
release it on the day, just like you said. No surprise. I really yeah. wasn't even surprised. I, I'm actually I'm pretty good with like predicting like when I'm gonna get stuff done, like big projects. I'm pretty good with setting a deadline and, and getting it. I'm also very conservative with my time, like with my predictions too. I remember I had a, a roommate, which is actually Matt's old roommate, Wyatt. And, you know, we would have talks where he'd be like, what are your goals? And I'd be like, I want, you know, I want to hit, uh, you know, I want to hit a hundred thousand a month by this time. And, you know, the time would be one, one year out and be like, why wouldn't you want to hit it so sooner? Like, why can't you hit it sooner? And I'm like, I'd rather set it at a date and know what's going to happen than to try to set it for like three months from now and not like not know it's going to happen. And so I'm always pretty conservative with my timelines. Uh, it's usually, you know, six, 12, 24 months out, but I'm pretty damn accurate when I, when I get to it. And then at the, enough times this point to know if like, when I say I'm going to do something by a certain point, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, I don't know if they're conservative though, right? <laughs> conservative. <laughs> How old are you now? Uh, 26. 26 you haven't been setting too many conservative goals to get yeah to where you are maybe maybe conservative is the wrong goal i i just meant um real longer I mean, time horizons to you, realistic they're, they're real to yeah, you. Re more realistic to me stuff. it seems okay. like it's it's very calculated it's like yeah, i know i can do this i'm gonna lay it out and this is the way it's going to happen and now it's like it's really more of an outcome than a goal it's mm. like this is what's going to happen now i just need to go execute and here it goes yep so, so that's calculated. what it feels like Let, to me. I want to talk on that with Zach because, I mean, he's probably the most calculated dude I've ever met. I mean, I feel like everything is so thought through and, like, nothing is by accident, like, from just everything about your life. So can you just speak on that and, like, where that comes from? Yeah, I guess I can say I'm, like, a very, like, avid planner. There's certain things in my life where I'm just so go with the flow. Like, you know, if we're going to go hang out with friends and we're going to go to an amusement park, I don't care what we do that day just because I'm, I'm the decision maker in so many other areas of my life to where that stuff is easy to outsource. Or like when I'm with my girlfriend, I'm like, wherever you want to eat, like, I, I really don't even like, you know, those little decisions aren't that big of a deal, but when it comes. Oh, no, like he is spot on with this. Like you were like, I don't care where we live. I just don't want to look for it. And then I'll just move there. Like yeah. it was literally like, <laughs> yeah, what apartment we, might... we live in or what house we live in. I don't care, but I just don't want to do it. I'm not going to make that decision. So you do it. And then, yeah, I'm in. I'm, yeah. I'm not kidding. The last three times we moved, I didn't, I've never visited the place. Like I didn't, I had <laughs> never seen the neighborhood, never saw the house. I just told my girlfriend, find a spot and I'll move. But when it comes to things that like I want to accomplish with my life, I am very calculated. I know. And I think about what I want, when I want it and what I want it to look like when I was, um, when I was, I think, 17, I watched the movie The Secret in high school, and that movie really opened my eyes to, like, what can be done when you actually sit down and think about what you want your life to look like? And ever since then, I've been really trying to visualize what I wanted my life to look like. I remember when I was 17, 18 years old, in the shower before school, I had these benchmarks of, like, my life, and a big one was 24. I was like, where do I want to be when I'm 24? What do I want my life to look like when I'm 24? What do I want to be doing? What do I want to have achieved? And it, for me, it didn't really matter how I got there. I just knew where I wanted to go. And then I would baby step it. So three-month plan, six-month plan, one-year plan. What do I need to have accomplished by this point? And so for now, like, you know, even as we speak, next year, I know exactly how next year is going to go. Um, my goal is to hit, you know, two to 300K per month in my business. 
my goal is to travel to the Philippines, travel to Colombia, travel to Europe, and then um, turn our house in Vegas into, you know, a house that people can come visit and have a good time at. And so I don't set too many goals. Like those aren't super ambitious. Well, except for the 200K. Everything else is super doable though. But the thing yeah. is, is I know I can do it. And it's all so super I, doable for you. Yeah, exactly. And I, and so I know what next year is going to look like and I won't add anything else to that list. Those are the things. And I try to make it as minimal as possible because, you know, if I try to do too many things, then it takes away from my big goal, which is two to 300 K per month. And so I will go the whole year with that one singular goal and work on that one singular goal. And, um, whereas I feel like people are always distracted trying to do this thing, then that thing, then this thing, then that thing. Whereas I just, I always ask myself if I could, and even that, you know, is a lot of goals. I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on my, on my, on my list. So seven goals for next year. Some are of them are easier than those other. written down right in front of you right now. Yeah. It's literally on my whiteboard in front of me. Um, <laughs> seven goals for the whole year, right? A lot can happen in, in that year. But one of the things that I do is that if I were to fail at every single one of those goals, except for one, what is the one goal that can make up the whole year to where if I just did that one thing, my whole year would be made. And I ask myself that all the time. Hmm. Right. And so I, that is like the big goal that I'm working on over the course of the year. And then month to month, I'll have smaller goals. Hmm. So that's, that's, like, insight. Yeah. that's amazing. Cause you're so clear, man. And I mean, what do you said? You're 26, 26 year olds aren't thinking this clear, but at 16 and 17, I, none of that stuff was ever on my mind. So it's not like by accident that you ended up where you're at. I mean, it's just a clear path here. You know, I love it, man. It just Thanks. makes me think of, uh, essentialism and, um, like, have you read books? that? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I was just listening to him. He's got a podcast out. I'm going to start listening to, and he's just like, you just have to be clear on what you want. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I really think that's one of the hardest things to do. I mean, it's not for you probably Zach, cause you've conditioned yourself that way. But, um, I know for me, it's like figuring out exactly what I want because once I do decide what I want, I, I get it, yeah. you know? And it's just like, but I having to sit down and be like, okay, this is clearly what I want in this area of my life. And then this area. And then, you know, I think I need to take some time and actually plot that out. Like really just be alone and, and really figure it out. I was just about to say, I don't think most people even have the time to realize that they don't have time to sit, like sit down and think mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a really big daydreamer. Like I, I don't listen to podcasts as much. I listen to a lot more music than I actually consume information. And I go on a lot of walks. I, I have a lot of free time to think. And usually what I'm doing is I'm daydreaming and I'm daydreaming. Like, you know how people, this is, this is so funny. Cause I don't really tell people about this, but you know how people <laughs> will like, you know, think about their past and then they'll think about like, okay, well, what if I did this one action differently? How would that have changed this situation? Yeah. I think about that in the future. I'm like, okay, you know, thinking of like crazy situations that probably aren't going to be based in reality, but like thinking like, where could I be? And I'm living in that state all the time, partying on a boat in Croatia or like doing like random things about like what I want to be doing. And then I'm like, all right, why can't I, why can't I make that happen? Like, what do I need to do to get there? And so I'm always, I'm always daydreaming, thinking about like, what do I actually want? What's going to bring me happiness in that sense. And, um, and then it's just a plan of like, how do I attain these elements in my life to where I can live that life that I, I can envision myself living. 
So it's interesting you say that you don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I, I feel like I'll find myself where I'm just consuming a bunch of stuff constantly. And I never, it's like, I'm not taking time to just have my own thoughts almost. So here's, here's what I do is I don't, I, I, I consume a lot of TikTok and that's a habit of mine that I'm trying to kick. Cause it's not exactly productive and you know, not something I'm super proud of outside of that. <laughs> I don't really consume that much content in the sense of like listening to podcasts or like I'll read books, but not as much as I used to. I'll read maybe, you know, 10, 20 minutes a day. Um, but I am mostly listening to music or daydreaming. And when I have a specific problem that I need to have solved, then I'll go search and consume information on that specific problem. Mm. Right. So like, I'm not just like perusing information on like nutrition or mindset or anything like that on my day to day, but I'll sit there. And this week is a great example. You know, I got to a point in my business where I'm like, what else can I teach? You know, what more can I provide? And I, you know, thought, okay, the next step to teach is I'm going to teach our student Facebook ads. And so I went on a deep dive, added a ton of videos to my YouTube watch later on, you know, Facebook ads. So I can learn, you know, from all these different people and I'll spend the next week learning that specific topic. And then I'll pretty much sit in limbo until there's the next thing that, or the next problem that I need to have solved. So I'm Matt, like you're almost the opposite. Like, cause I feel like you're an information consuming Well, machine. I go in waves. I go in waves. That's why I like, cause um, you know, for whatever reason, like the last couple weeks, like when I'm driving into the gym, I mean, I won't even have anything on half the time. I literally, I'm, yeah, sometimes you don't even on. want to put music on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm almost like, I need this, just, I need this 15 minutes. Nick lives by himself. So he's making sure to get it all, you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's overload information and then just lay there for another hour or two yeah. in meditation. I was yeah, actually, I mean, I've only really been doing that just as of very recently where Zach's right. been doing this for years. Right. Right. So anyways, just keep going, man. I, I was just going to, um, ask Zach, what kind of music are you listening to? There's no uh, lyrics, it, right? It's a most lot. Of it. No, it's a lot of rock. It's a lot of heavy metal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, recently has been lamb of God, uh, Metallica, uh, this band called the story so far, which is more of like a, like a pop punk band. So a lot of like really heavy metal guitar riffs, like music that like, will make like a lot of people get uncomfortable with the music that I listen to. Um, <laughs> so I have like, I'll, I'll listen to like music that like, Zach, when you it. show up, people get uncomfortable. Yeah. Man. Let me just, I'll throw that out there. I, uh, I, I was one time I was driving home with my friend from the gym and my, my iPod or my iPhone automatically played the song that was playing. He's like, bro, you listen to this. I'm like, Bro, like 8 a.m. in the morning, I'm listening to screaming people in my ear. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'll change the vibe for our car ride home, put on some more chill stuff. And I was like, but I'm going to send you this song to listen to. And I I sent it to him to listen to before the gym. And he's like, dude, I couldn't listen to 30 seconds of that song. He's like, it's too <laughs> dude. Wow. Oh, man. That's, dude, that's hilarious. Right, that's interesting, you? though. Yeah, I was going yeah, I thought is... you were going to do, uh, um, you know, like instrumental or like my mind, I EDM. went to like classical almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking EDM for sure. Yeah. EDM definitely. I think, I think there's a genre of EDM, like the dubstep stuff, like the big wompy, like headbangers. I think that and heavy metal and rock have the same energy. Like, I think that you mm -hmm. can find the same people in both genres. Um, so I think that's why I, I translate over to uh, EDM, but that's another thing. Like, 
you would think that oh instrumental or classic rock because what brain waves or something like that or like classic music because like brain waves or it's good for productivity i'm pro i'm not like a super productive junkie like i'm not i'm i'm strategically unproductive but because of that i'm able to get more done and i also don't blame myself for it either i'm just consistent that's the only thing i'm not the most like i look at people like sumner our friend sumner dude is hacked like as productively hacked as you could possibly get i'm not like that i take naps during the day i'll take days off Uh, sometimes master of the nap yeah also dude when you are creating a course bro you will buckle down for like what eight to 12 hours a day for like two straight months no that's not i'll buckle down for maybe three to four hours a day for two to three months but the thing is is most people try to do 10 15 16 hours a day in one month and they burn out for me Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm gonna work two three hours a day on this one project over the course of three months i'm consistent I'm Would not you say you're you're getting deep though. You're not getting are you getting distracted during that? No, I'm what getting distracted. Think? Oh, for sure. I always get distracted. I always have, I'm always on my phone. I'm always, you know, I have to put the uh, Instagram <laughs> timer. I'm distracted. I'm distracted all the time, but I'm consistent. And I think that's that's the difference between, you know, people who don't get a lot done and mm-hmm. people who like myself who's able to build, you know, a lot over the course of time. You're also doing the right actions too. You've thought about it a lot. You don't just do, 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 do. That's very clear. You've, you take more time to step back and think mm-hmm. about what to do yes. rather than just doing, Yeah, which is the opposite of most people. Most people just do, 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 because that, you know, and then you're just in the system and the system will tell you what to do next if you just let it. Yeah. So. And a lot of the, a lot of the times is um, me deciding that certain things that I can do is not worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a lot of the times I'll sit, for maybe two, three weeks, not doing anything like I had been for the last couple of months. I really wasn't doing much at all. Um, and so, and I was passing up opportunity, passing up opportunity until I finally found the next step. I'm like, okay, this is worth my time. This is what I'm going to build out. Do you I love that, man? Have you thought about, you know, we talked on uh, Matt's bachelor party about the hourly rate. Does that thought come into your head? Have you, Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, since since that weekend, have you kind of adjusted? Well, I, I've I've heard that before. My hourly rate is sixty five hundred, if not more. And the reason why I know that my hourly rate, hourly rate is sixty five hundred is because the program that I sell is sixty five hundred dollars, and I can sit down and in thirty minutes sell a sixty five hundred dollar program. Mm-hmm. So really, it should be thirteen thousand. Yeah, there you my go. Hourly rate. Because I could sit down for 30 minutes, make 6,500 bucks, paid in full. And that's happened many, many times. And so I know for a fact, it's been proven like, you know, 6,500 is my hourly rate for sure. If not more. I love it. That's impressive. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to ask about, um, and you know, everybody can kind of answer this and we've talked about on the podcast before, but you know, going back to the goal setting, um, if you guys want to talk about like the process that you go through. Um, to get those goals and to kind of how do you calculate that out and how do you set the timeline? Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah, Zach can go ahead and just take my time because uh, he obviously <laughs> is much better at doing this. And go ahead and take it, brother. I can tell you're ready for this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm definitely prepared with an answer just because a lot of what I do and teach for the students that I work with is just like this this stuff right here. So 
you know, the, the overarching goal, I think of on a yearly basis, calendar year, January to December. And like I mentioned before, I think, what do I want to have accomplished this year? What is this story that I want to tell, right? What do I want to do? And so I'll pick out what all the goals that I think about, all the goals that I want to accomplish and I'll eliminate and think to myself, okay, what are the, what are the few that if I were to do just these things and nothing else that would make this year, my year. And so I eliminate the goals. I leave myself a list of, of the things that I want. Um, and that's, you know, includes travel, includes personal goals, includes financial goals, things like that. And then what I do is I put that on my board and that's on the left side of my on left side of my whiteboard. So 2023, my goals are, um, on the left side of my whiteboard. And then right next to it, I have the month. So I have September, right? And so September, I asked myself, okay, what do I need to do in September to hit at least one of the goals that I have for 2023 or 2022? This is 2022. I already have 2023 set up, but I have some goals left for 2022. And I'll give you guys an example of this too. What do I need to do in September? What are the actual things that I need to do? Not the goals that I want to hit, but the action steps that I need to do this month. Right next to that is this week. Okay, what do I need to do this week in order for me to get the things that I need done this month for the things this year? Then after that is today. So it goes year, month, week, day. And for me, it's it just becomes a process of identifying the things that I need to do and actually just crossing them off the list, right? So for example, one of the few goals that I have for 2022 this is just, you know, uh, this is an example, but like hosting our PTBI retreat, that was a goal that I set in the beginning of the year. I want to host a retreat. This is what I want to do. So we're finally getting to the point to where I'm planning this retreat. And so, you know, I have PTBI retreat in 2022 and then in September, I already did the things I needed to do. But for example, the things I needed to do in September was like book a reservation, book catering, book Airbnb, build itinerary. Like these are the actual action steps that I needed to do to create the retreat last month, it was launch tickets, find an Airbnb, things like that. And then this week, you know, is call, you know, catering companies or call a reservation. So the last thing I need to do is just call a reservation. So I have it there this week and then it'll go today. Okay. What do I need to do today? Right. Uh, another example is, uh, so like building, our company to 200 to 300k per month. What do I need to do that in order for me to hit that goal in 2023? Well, uh, breaking it down into the month, one of the things that I can do is like IG shoutouts, which is just a marketing strategy. Pay for someone to shout me out and get more eyeballs to my page. So IG shoutouts, that's something that I'm going to work on for September. Break that down into the week, find pages to um, build a list, right? What pages can I, can I message to give me shoutouts, right? Break it down in today have VA, you know, find 30 pages. And then, so we find 30 pages, cool, cross it off the list for today, find pages, build a list, cross it off for this week, IG shout outs. So then what's going to replace that next thing is going to be, okay, message, now message the people. So like, once you get one thing done, it's replaced by the next step until eventually in September, IG shout outs crossed off, right? So it's just that. a process. It's a process of identifying the big goal, breaking it down into the action step for the month, breaking it down to the action step for the week breaking down for the action step for the day. But what's nice is like the week and day, those action steps are always going to be changing because there's probably going to be five to 10 steps to do in order to accomplish one for the month, to accomplish one for the, for the year. So it breaks down into like a, a, like a 
like steps. And there's right. no wasted energy there. Like everything is thought through and it's pushing you directly at a goal that you want to achieve. And then when you, if you're done in an hour that day, you're done. You're like, that's, and that's yeah. And that's exactly the point is like, I'm, I don't have to be the most productive person. And it doesn't matter if I'm listening to three hours a day of, of podcasting or reading or consuming information or being productive. I can, you know, screw off, take naps, play video games, do whatever I want, as long as I'm getting that stuff done. And if I don't know how to do that stuff, then I'm going to go find the information that's going to help me do that stuff. Mm. That is gold. Yeah, that, that is whole, absolute that, gold yeah. right there. That whole thing. Just run that back and listen to that again, everybody. Yeah. So <laughs> taking it, taking it from the other side, do you have a process of coming up with your big goal? Uh, that's intuitive. I think, okay. I think, I think for me, it's more so when I die, what story do I want to tell? And so that. for the longest time, my story was to become a successful entrepreneur. That's what I wanted. That's what I wrapped my identity around. Check. Right. And so that was the big goal. What do I need to do to become that person and tell that story for now? I've recently, my goals have shifted. I want to travel more. I want to see the world. I want to go out party. I want to have, you know, a collection of experiences that I can use to tell a story because at this point in my life, I think to myself, you know, making a lot of money at 60 years old is still really cool. Right. But backpacking alone, hostile life at 60 years old is not that cool. Right. <laughs> so now is the time to tell that story. Now is the time to go collect that experiences. And I so I just that. think, I think to myself, like, what story do I want to tell about my life and what do I want to accomplish? And then I think about, okay, how do, how do I go tell those stories? So for myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to build a company. I'm going to continue building it, but that's not my number one priority. My number one priority right now is to cash out on, you know, the amount of time that I invested into my business and actually get some of my time back. Cause I, I built, I built my business over the last two and a half years, really, really buckled down. And I was going to, someone had suggested to me to build out this new section of our business. And I sat down and I thought about it and I stopped working because I'm like, it's just not worth it. It's not worth another 12 years of my life at this point. Mm. So that's kind of how I think about like my, the bigger goals is just what do I, what life do I want to live? What story do I want to tell? And, you know, and then being intuitive about like what that's going to include. Incredible oh, stuff. Man, I mean. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that is great up. stuff. I love it, man. It's and also good. Ben, keep anyone, going with your questions here. Cause that, I mean, I guess you two just need to keep pinging off each other. Yeah, here. no, that's great stuff. And anyone can do that. Like you're, you've simplified it in such a way that it's like everyone thinks they have so much stuff they have to do every day, but mm -hmm. you don't really, you mm -hmm. really don't. Like if yeah. you actually know what you want and you're not just like spraying shots everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, you just keep moving it along, move it along the line. Like, but I think that's the hardest thing is that like when you're in a certain, like, like if you're in a job, right. Or, you know, like me and Nick have bosses essentially where you guys don't mm. where it's like and there's people that are constantly asking you to do this and do that and do mm. this and it's like your inbox just becomes this tremendous to-do list and yep. even me as a teacher and like what's really more me as a as a you know the head coach of the basketball team and um it's just kind of like you get just, you just get wrapped into it and it's like, okay, I just got to do, 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 do. And then, and then the day's done. Yep. Like, and you then know, we, and where all your time go. And that's how, I, honestly, I thought about that today. I was yep. like, today just flew by 
and I felt like I was productive. And now I'm thinking back and I'm like, well, what did I really accomplish? Mm -hmm. And really the only thing I really accomplished was we had a really good practice this morning before school. And that was super productive and it was great. And then after that, I just did, I just went blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And I taught a couple of classes and, you know, all my students are at home and they don't remember a goddamn thing we talked about. And it's like, (laughs) it's like, okay, now how can, you know, and now like listening to you talk, I'm like, okay, well, how can I just remove myself from all these tasks, you know? And like, you know, in, in a job now, you know, my goal is to get out of what I'm doing as far as teaching, Mm -hmm. not coaching, but like now it's like, okay, well, how do I remove myself even just so I can focus on what's really important. And, um, yeah, so you got, you got me thinking it so, starts yeah. with the taking the 30 minutes on your car, right in and listening to nothing, listening to yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And well, go ahead. Zach. I was, I was going to say, I think, I think what it is, is like, you're probably going to have to work within the parameters of the setting in the situation that you're in mm. and giving yourself a longer time horizon. Because you might have one goal for the month and 10 things to do for that one thing, right? Whereas you might only have one hour a day after your kids go to bed to do those things. Right. It might take you, you, you know, you don't have to do it all in one week. It might take you a full month to do it. So it's, it's, you can still do it just as long as you're consistent over time. And then eventually you'll get to the point. I think there's a quote that says, do what you have to do until you can, until you're in a position to do what you want to do. Right. right? And Said I mean, by really, Zach Colburn. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I heard that quote, quote somewhere. It. It's a good one. Yeah, it was once you head. say we'll it, hey, it Zach, listen. Once you say something three times, it's yours. So yeah, you just that's a priority that. podcast rule. So. We're giving it to <laughs> you. Okay. We'll give it to you right now. I'll but basically, what what we're talking about here is doing what. If you've ever read a great book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, we're talking about doing quadrant two activities. So there's four quadrants of activities you can do. You can do stuff that's important and urgent. That's the stuff that you're going to end up doing. Like you're pretty much for sure going to do it or you should be doing it. Okay. So once that stuff's taken care of, what a lot of people work on is urgent stuff that is unimportant. That's called Mm -hmm. quadrant three, Mm -hmm. where you should go is quadrant two, which is important stuff that's not not urgent. urgent. So if you're doing like what Zach's doing, everything's quadrant two. Nothing is urgent, like because he's been doing it for so long and even talks about this. The more you do quadrant two activities, the more it will grow and the more time you'll have to do quadrant two activities. Mm -hmm. Because right now, everything seems urgent, whether it's important or not. It's all urgent stuff every day. Boom, 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 smack in the face. So like Mm -hmm. Zach said, you break it down. You have one hour a day, you know, or a half hour a day, whatever you've got. And you do your quadrant two activities you'll end up with more time to do those because all of a sudden, you know, for instance, like obviously we're, we've, we've started a business. We're working on that. Right. And as that grows, that grows to a, once that grows to a point where you don't have to teach anymore. Now, how much more time do you have to continue to work more and more and more right. on these quadrant yep. two activities? Exactly. Right. And then quadrant four is not urgent, not important. So that's Which, really yeah, you gotta leave that away. one alone. Yeah. No, yeah. you've said that before, and that's a that's a really good point. And that's it's like we are doing the things we need to do, and I think that's what your point, Zach, is like. Give it time to work. Yeah. So I I work with. So I didn't actually formally introduce what I do. What I do uh, is I own an education company that teaches personal trainers how to start their own business. Um, and a lot of the times, people are coming from nine to five backgrounds, and I tell them it's probably going to be three to six months of a lot of work 
but it's temporary. It's not, it's not forever. And so if you can lock in for three to six months of doing your job and then doing what you have to do after your job, then eventually you'll get to a point to where your income will be able to take over your job. You can quit your job. At that point, I tell them, I'm like, get ready to be fucking bored most of the day because, <laughs> because most of the day it's like you realize you get to a point to where you start working for yourself and you're like oh man there's really not that much for me to do on a day-to-day basis mm. if i'm if if i'm being productive with my time and so i also i and this is actually a, uh, something that i wrote in my book is that if you want to get anywhere you have to run twice as fast and what that means is that um i pulled this an excerpt from uh, Alice in Wonderland. Um, and there's a part in the book where she's running as fast as she can, but the red queen is saying, Oh, in this race, you need to run twice as fast, right? Alice is running as fast as she can in a race, but she's only staying in the same spot. She's not moving. So just imagine her running in place. The red queen says in order to move, you have to run twice as fast as you've ever ran. And what that means is when you're working a nine to five job, you're busy, you're running as fast as you can. You're doing tasks. But if you do that for a month straight, you're in the same exact position as you started in that month. Mm-hmm. You're running as fast as you can, but you're staying in the exact same position. Mm. Whereas running as twice as fast is you're doing double the amount, right? You're working your nine to five to stay where you are. And then you're running mm-hmm. even more so after the fact, either before work or after work to actually progress your progress, to get progress in life. And mm-hmm. so that's something I did when I was busting tables and I was in college, I was in college and busting tables. And I'm like, you know, if I just did this, I'm not really going to get where I want to be. I have to also work on my business on top of this in order for me to actually make progress for progress in life. So that's something that helped me out through that time too. I think that's what, what needs to happen here is like, understand that you got to run twice as fast for a short amount of time. Understand that it's not going to be forever. Um, and once you get to that point, then you can have that time back, but you have to be able to get through that right. initial suck in order for you to get to that point on the other side. But that's where having that clear goal of where you want to go is so important. So you're not running twice as fast and then oh, I'm going to change the path and then, yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to change another path. Like mm-hmm. how many times have we done that? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've done that a million times. I'm like, all right, I'm going to double down on this secondary idea for a career. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, that's not it. Uh, you know, and part of it's yeah. learning like, okay, that's not, that's not what I want to do or that's not going to work. Okay. Pivot, do something else, pivot, you know? So but I you're think still that's doing and you're pivoting. Cause you know, you know, you may not have as clear of a concise goal as like what Zach's talking about just yet, but you know, you know what you want for the most part and you're just willing to compromise on the how, which is necessary. Like you're right. You'll go whatever, whichever route will get you to the, to the end goal. Yeah, but I think I need to be, yeah, but I think for me personally, I need to, I need to be more clear on exactly what I want. Like I have been up until honestly, like once we sold our last house, (laughs) I still haven't really hammered down exactly what I want. Dude. So I think that's that's fine though. I think that's totally, totally fine. So this is something that recently happened in my life. Like the last, over the last three months, I got my business to a point to where it's pretty hands-off. And I'm like, we're doing pretty well. My business doesn't really need me. What do I do with myself? I was putting all this pressure on myself to figure out what's my next step. What's my next step? What do I need to do? What, what is the thing? And then three weeks went by 
and it just came to me like a light bulb. I'm like, okay, mm. we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. Right. And for myself, it was like, I needed those three weeks of sitting in absolute boredom to get to a point to where I made a decision. Right. And so I don't, I think it's totally fine to be in a position to where you can ask yourself, what do I want to do with my life? I think it's probably like the best is probably one of the best blessings that you could ever have is to be in a position to ask yourself, what do I want to do? Right. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think that the answer needs to come immediate or forced. I think what will happen is you allow yourself to sit into boredom and you allow yourself to get restless until eventually you'll get a point of inspiration to where you have to do something. Mm. Right. And the decision the, the the idea or decision will just come. Right. I messed around. Okay. Do I get into watch flipping? Do I get into, you know, real estate? Do I get into this kind of just testing out these ideas, not really falling in love with any of them until one of them just hit. Okay. Like, Oh, I, I need to do this. And it took me three weeks to get to that point. I got you. And you're kind of in that place right now, Ben. Like, again, I feel like yeah. you're in that things need to settle down place. So just give it a little bit of time. Yeah. You have had a lot yeah. going on over the last like four months. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Since Hugh's been born, it's been a, it's been a wild. I also you know, think you're pretty whirlwind. clear on what you want to do outside of like work though. It's obvious. Palady Hubble. It's just, I, you're saying more clear on what you need to be doing to progress it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe well, that's I, I think you actually about. already have your answer on that too. I think you're just frustrated <laughs> with where you're at on it. So. Yeah. We, you need to break that down into more daily steps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think uh, knowing where you want to be and knowing where, what it is that you want is the first step. I think that we don't necessarily need to be the person to figure out how to get there. I think that's where hiring mentors comes into play. Mm -hmm. Right. I've, I've hired mentors many, many times over. And my biggest investment was a $50,000 investment this year. And it was from January to December. And so I'm still going to be with him until December. I can't tell you how, how much it's helped because I just say, okay, this is where I want to go. We're facing this problem right now. And he goes, okay, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Cool. I have my list for the month. Now I'm going to go do that thing. And so half the time, it's not even me figuring out what I need to do. It's just, here's where I want to go. Here's my problems. He goes, okay, this is how, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Then he sends me off. Wow. All right. So I've, I've had, I've had a ton of help getting started with, with my business. So how do you go about finding a mentor that you would be, you know, that you would pay? Like, I've never even heard of that as a thing. Yeah. So it's very popular online. So like, okay. you've probably heard them as gurus, right? Okay. A lot of people are like, fuck these business gurus, these scammers, blah, blah. <laughs> no, those are the people that are literally going to give you the answers to start a business. And, and, you know, I've paid those guys, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and they've helped tremendously. And so for you figure out, okay, what industry are you in? Right. And I guarantee for any, any business adventure idea goal, there is a guru for you. That's going to help you think about Sumner. Sumner started a land flipping business. Now he's teaching people yeah. how to do that. He's become the guru. Yeah. Right. And so I'm not sure what Palody Hubble is, but like define what it is and then go into that industry and find experts in that industry. I guarantee you there's people making money, teaching people how to be, how to become experts in that industry, whatever course they offer, whatever coaching package they offer, buy it to spend a year buying that stuff. Because buying that specific knowledge is going to serve you a lot more in figuring out what steps you need to do to hit your bigger goal than, you know, listening to 
you know, whatever random interesting podcast comes up on YouTube, right? That makes sense. No, yeah. absolutely. Couldn't be totally. more clear. That's great advice. That's exactly <laughs> what we needed. You're our mentor, giving us the direction. Us what to do. So, <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. That's why we had. And by you the way, here. we're not going to have twenty six thousand dollars to give you here at the end of this. So you know, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't start with podcast, that. Two hour podcast times thirteen thousand. Right. So you know, we appreciate your time. That's for sure. So here's here's my here's my challenge uh, for you, and this is something that I do all the time, and this is something that I used to not do, right? Just take Ty Lopez for example. Right. You guys know who Ty Lopez is, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Ty Lopez sells courses online, nine, let's say 997. When you look at it, when you look at the sales letter, he says, I'm going to teach you how to make money. We're going to, I'm going to teach you how to do it by starting a social media agency. Do you immediately think, oh, this is a scam? Or do you think, hmm, I can make money here? Right. Buy the course. Buy the course because he's literally going to teach you and give you the skills that is going to teach you how to make money. And even if you're you not successful, it. yeah. Even if you're not successful in that thing, you're still going to learn something that's going to stick with you that'll apply to the next thing, right? So start with a $300 course, then go to a $500 course, then a $1,000 course, then a $2,500 course, and then a $10,000 course, then a $50,000 course. And this then, is what you did, basically. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, exactly. So it's working. You find, you find the bottom rung information, go down people's sales funnel. If you find someone online that's teaching, teaching you how to do something, that's going to teach you how to do, you know... Uh, get a specific result. Let's say, let's just say it's land investing. You find someone like Sumner online that's talking about land investing. You see, there's a little link in his, his bio. And in that link, it says, Hey, get my land free land investing course. You go get the course. And then if he upsells you to a $200, you know, bonus buy that too. And if he upsells you into $2,500 coaching buy that too, it, only if that's what you want to do though. But like, don't be skeptical about this stuff because this is how this is how you learn the information that's going to get you to the next step in life. And this is the future. This is the new age. Like that's what college is, guys. You're paying for somebody to teach you the skills, except, you know, now college you is, get, it's outdated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can get way more specific for cheaper, faster, exactly what you want rather than some, again, the, the, sh the spread shot in every direction. You just, again, get narrow with your focus and move the ball down the line. Well, I like the idea of paying someone that's done it yeah. instead of a, you know, a professor, professor or teacher that Who's has read about it, right. you know, and thought about it. like me teaching CPR today. I'm like, <laughs> I've never performed CPR. You know what I mean? I'm not a paramedic, but yet I'm the one teaching. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's that. It's like, <laughs> wouldn't you rather learn CPR from a doctor? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, I would. Yeah, so I think that goes that goes perfectly. Um, yeah, that that's a good that's good advice there. <clears throat> what else? What other problems we got, guys? What else can we get solved for us tonight? Should, should we call Justin up, get him on here, and just get this out of the way? <laughs> so I literally now this 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 is a little bit different and more personal to me. So I've just I've been getting into yoga a lot lately, and actually uh, kind of manifested. To where now I get to teach yoga. It's the first time ever in our in our district's history, and so I kind of created that class so I could teach it. And I actually talked to the lady that I went to training with today, and she's like, "You have a unique spot here where you're really into yoga." Now I have a ton to learn. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm really into yoga, and I'm also a 
a high school coach, you know, an athletics coach. I obviously coach basketball, but she's like, there's not very many coaches like that are real coaches, like real sports coaches that also understand the benefits and the value of yoga. She's like, I think there's an opportunity there to mold those two things together and then create some sort of a business out of it. And I'm literally talking to her and I'm like, I need to talk to Zach about this. <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm going to be buying Zach's course here soon. <laughs> so there's a lot of good stuff in there. I, yeah, I just, it just made me think that. So I don't know if you had any, any thoughts on that, Zach. Yeah. I mean, definitely like there's opportunity anywhere. There's, mm-hmm. there's opportunity anywhere. Right. And you can make anything out of anything. Like, can you start a successful seven figure yoga business teaching yoga to athletes? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Right. Like if you want my, my validation on whether that's a great idea. Yeah, it is a great idea. But the thing is, it's like, it doesn't matter how good the idea is if you don't execute on the idea. So my advice would be, you know, what, what idea, what business idea is going to be the easiest for you to get started, Mm. the easiest for you to build momentum and the easiest for you to stay consistent with. Right. Right. That's, that would be my advice with yoga. This is just an example. Like you're, you're pretty much starting from ground zero all over again. Right. Right. So there's an opportunity cost and switching up ideas, you know, over and over again. What I would say is like, if you're going to go down any business routes and pivot, pivot to something that where you can still take your skill set with you, where you're not like, for example, myself right now in the online business, online, you know, business marketing sales world, I would never go start a software company. Zach, why don't you actually just run us down how yours went? Like how you got to where you are, like, give us that, that path. Cause I know you've basically just continued to vertically integrate yourself. Yeah, it was just kind of like a pivot after the pivot. Yeah. Um, so I started, uh, my first business was out of high school, like my first successful business, the one that kind of started this. Uh, I started training clients. And so I didn't want to be a trainer that was going to go work at a gym just because I didn't like the way the gym industry was run. Uh, I thought it was pretty corrupt for you know the trainers. They were just getting used and abused. Um, and so I didn't want to go work for a corporate gym. And so what I did was I used some money that I saved up from working at a yoga shop. I think it was like 350 bucks. And I bought like a little weight set for my mom's garage. And I started training clients out of my mom's garage. So that was my first business. I was 18, uh, training clients at $10 a pop. I would bring three people over to come work out. Yeah. Make 30 bucks. I had no idea what I was doing, but for me living rent free at home, like I was making a couple hundred bucks a week. I was 18 years old. Yeah. That's all. Wasn't paying any taxes. I was chilling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and so that was the first business. And so I'm like, okay, well, what else can I do to make more money here? And I was like, oh, I can sell t-shirts to my clients. And so I started selling t-shirts to the clients. I sold jackets, hats, whatever, whatever I can think of as clothing to go along for my clients. And then I took a break because I kind of like lost myself for a while. Uh, there's a couple of years where I decided I was going to go back to school. I moved down to San Diego to kind of start over. I started busting tables, started partying a lot. This time I was 21, 22 years old. And I really wasn't thinking about my future. I was just having a good time. Eventually got to a point to where I was like, okay, I need to figure out what the next thing is. Um, I would, School did, ended up not working out. I dropped out. Uh, busting tables, I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. And so I was like, okay, I really need to figure out what I'm going to do. 
And so I took the skill set that I had from personal training and fitness and coaching, and I decided that I was going to start my own online coaching business. And that was what I did back in 2017, 2018. And so it was just me learning how to build a successful online coaching business from mentors. And eventually got to a point to where I was teaching other people what I was doing, right? So I was becoming the person teaching them how to start their business. And so that's what led to the next thing. So it was just a, a, a acquirement of skills that led from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to start as a personal trainer, then transitioned online. Then now we are, you know, uh, pretty much a, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, like an education company, e-learning company, or, um, you know, consulting company for trainers who are, are, are starting their own online coaching business. And we're probably, I'm probably going to stick with that for a very long time. I'll probably run that up because I don't think that there's any need for me to switch into something new or bigger just yet. Yeah. I think there's a lot of room for us to grow. So I'll probably be here for the next five to 10 years. Um, and then after that, get into something else. And I, that's great stuff. And it's perfectly correlates with what you just said to Ben about like not trying, like it's not even necessary to go to the yoga coach approach. Like people will come to Zach a lot and be like, oh, there's just so many online personal trainers already but it's like no there's not like it's not the market isn't flooded like you think it is mm -hmm. same thing with you with anything you want to coach in basketball then that market is not flooded it's yeah. just not because most of them don't even know like you just said like where do you find a mentor they don't even know that that's out there so mm -hmm. you go be that guy and you spread it, dude. Uh, oh, a hundred percent i think i think if you created a course teaching coaches how to become better basketball coaches or just coach, like you could even expand it beyond that. Okay. How do you lead a, a team of kids? Right. Right. It could be gymnastics. It could be track. It could be football. It can be hockey. It could be whatever the coach is, is how do you become a better leader? Um, and then you can even, you know, go dive deeper into like the basketball stuff. If you want to do that too, like techniques and whatnot. But I think that's a, that's, that would be easier for you to get started. And that would be a better idea for you than yoga would be. Because you'd love, oh, I, yeah, I agree with that. I definitely and you agree have with that. that skill set, Ben. Because I mean, yeah, you exactly. are doing that, you've done that with all types of kids and all types of sports, too. So, I mean, yeah, and, and I, kind of I think the thing I always need to get over is that I see that there are a few other guys that are kind of that have gone down that path, mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, why do I deserve? to to do that like what makes me better oh yeah than them? you know that that's honestly that's my that's been my block i i've dealt with that. that i've dealt with that many times i think it's a normal thing yeah it's almost yeah. like am i good enough to really teach other people like that's the thought you know what i mean yeah like, i think so i think what happens is is that belief will stick with you until you have so much proof that proves otherwise because <laughs> right now you don't have any proof negative or positive and right. so like you don't have any reason to believe otherwise. For me, it took me a very, very long time, like hundreds of students and like two years into the business until I was fully like, oh no, I know my shit. Right. right. And so I would say like, this, Ben, you can just, you don't have to, to, you're not out there teaching Coach K anything. Your target audience, your target market, and this is for anybody who wants to get into the education business and teach people stuff online, which is an amazing opportunity. You just heard about Zach's, story and how he's doing and his goals for next year um is you just can teach yourself from a year ago or mm -hmm. teach yourself from three yeah. years ago there are so many people in that position in whatever it is that you want to teach to somebody there's 
there's a massive, massive uh, audience or a market there for you that maybe a lot of them are like, you know what, I can't learn this in college, or I don't want to spend all this money and commit to a four-year degree. Let me just learn what I want to learn, get it online. Right. It's shifting that way. It is shifting that direction. And yeah, just talk to you from two years ago, and that's what you teach. And you don't need to go beyond that. Here's here's a good perspective too. Is like you don't even need to start making money in the beginning. You, in the beginning, you can do it just to prove it to yourself, right? Right. And I'll give you an example of how I'm doing this right now, like literally as we speak. So, as I was saying before, I had a point, you know, a couple months back where I was like, "What do I do? What's the next step? I don't know." Right. And then I was testing out these different ideas. Didn't like them. Wasn't going to go through with them until you know about a week or two ago. I had this idea. Okay, I'm going to teach Facebook ads to our students. Right. They're finally at a level to where I feel comfortable doing it. I finally feel like I know enough about it to teach it. And so instead of me just trying to sell it or create a program or sit down and create a course, I hit up two of my students. I told them, Hey, I'm going to coach you for free. And we're going to figure this out together. We're going to have a weekly zoom call every single week. I'm going to teach you what I know. I'm going to make sure you get, you get results. And we just had our, our first call today. So what I'm going to do is over the next 12 weeks, I'm going to meet with them one-on-one, -on -one, teach them everything I know, literally do it for them and make sure they can do it on their own. And once they get results, then I know I can do it. Then I'll go mm -hmm. back and do it with maybe three more people. Then maybe a couple more people after that. And once I have it down to a process to where I've done it enough times and I know I can get the result, then what I'll do is sit down and create a course video, course material around it and then sell it. Okay. Damn, right. that's good. So another yeah. thought that I that I always run up against when I'm coming to like uh like this idea, you know, because I've thought about coaching coaches before. Uh, that's something I've to toyed around with for a few years now, but sometimes I'm like, well, that's not the, the ideas I use aren't my original ideas, that doesn't right? Matter. It doesn't that matter. Doesn't, okay. no. So, you know, if I read it in a book and it's like, okay, this is the technique that I've used for years and, and this works, like, this is how we build our core values. Like I have a certain way that I do that. And, but it's not my, you know what I mean? It's not my personal idea. But here's, but here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say. You have a certain process that's not necessarily your idea for building core values, but then regarding saying something like, say your core, core process for creating core values is from this source over here, right? And then there is your process for setting goals that comes from a different source. And then there's your process for discipline that comes from a different source. So you don't have to create these processes from thin air, but the combination mm. of that becomes your process. That's good. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've never thought about it that way. So That's think, great of it, stuff. think of it like a, a quilt, right? You have different quilt pieces. You have a square for a quilt that comes from over here. You have a square from a quilt that comes from over here. And you have a square from a quilt that comes from over here. You're not, your job isn't to create the quilt pieces. Your job is to stitch it together into a blanket, right? So you're gathering information and creating it and putting it into a streamlined process of one place where people can get all this information into a streamlined process. That's okay. the product. That's an interesting right. way to think of it. I've never fucking great. I mean, it's just like how yeah, we always like talk that. about, we joke about it constantly, how any guy in the personal development space in the last 30 years got it from Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we like, we say that all the time, but it's like, you just, and he got it from, Jim Rohn and Jesus and the rest of the guys. Like you just take <laughs> the good stuff yeah. and 
no, Zach broke it down perfectly. I mean, well, yeah, because now I instantly just thought of like Ed Milet talking about the reticular activating system, yeah. like he created it. And I'm like, I yeah. know Tony Robbins been talking about that for years, right. <laughs> like, and he's it the number matter. one bestseller. And like, you yeah. don't have time to be like, Tony said this. He's like, this is the facts. I'm yeah. just gonna get you the facts, right? All right, give you the information, right? Yep, it's great. Well, that that definitely makes me feel better about like you know creating creating a course and creating something to to put out there because i've always felt like well it's a, it just wasn't my idea yeah but i use it and i i know how to use it and i know how to use these different techniques and leadership and and coaching high school kids and how to fold it into this and that and you know it's like yeah but i so definitely pulled from here 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 yeah. this guy this guy you, but your product is a combination of those things and how you make all those things work together so I think a difficult thing would be to lay out exactly how you would put the course together. Cause like, I'm thinking of like, okay, my whole overall, they got mentors for that. Too. It's all here. I mean, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually there is, there is a ton of mentors. Like if you're, if your job is, if you wanted to learn how to build an online education company, a course company, I have so many different people I can refer you to. Like that's, if that's the business that you want to create, then that's an easy one. Um, what I would say is when it comes to creating a course, um, you want to think about the client journey. So like, where are they starting from? What information do they know? And where are they going to end up by the end of your program? And what information do you want them to know? Then what you want to do is you want to give them as little information as possible to apply the skills that you're going to teach them until they stack. So I'll give you an example for our business, right? We work with personal trainers who aren't necessarily entrepreneurial, they're fitness coaches, right? They went to college for nutrition and training. They didn't go to college for business, right? And what we want to do is we want to turn them into successful business owners, right? So what do they need to know to go from point A to point B, right? They need to learn how to market themselves. They need to learn how to sell. They need to learn how to create a product. They need to learn how to coach their clients. They need to learn how to lead themselves. And so those are a lot of things, but we don't just start with learning how to sell, or we don't just start with, you know, learning how to market yourself. We start with, what is the first step that get them to point A to point A.1, point right? So we start with leadership. That's the first thing. Working through limiting beliefs, working through negative thought patterns, working through just mastering themselves, right? Once they master themselves, what is the next thing? Okay, the next thing is you need to build a product. So let's build your product together. What's it going to cost? What's going to be included? How's it going to be structured? Okay, now you have a product, you have the leadership skills. What's the next thing? Okay, we need to market that. Let's learn how to use social media. Let's learn how to market yourself. Next thing after that, sell. Okay, we need to learn how to sell. Last thing is going to be delivery. So we need to learn how to fulfill on that product that you created. And then now you know how to lead yourself. You have a product. You know how to market yourself. You know how to sell and you know how to deliver. You're, you're a successful business coach. And so you, you want to think about, okay, what is a client journey? What do they need to learn? And at what point do I give them the information that's going to get them to the next step? That's how, that's how you build a course. It's great stuff. And when I listen to this one, it can't be in the car. I got to just take notes, you know, yeah. all the time. This is, we listen to this episode. <laughs> no, this that's really, my... I just love how everything's a process. Everything is like, everything that you talk about, it's, it demystifies it. It's, you know, it demystifies well, how yeah. you agree. He's you not know, vague in this. anything, dude. It's all very detailed. Like I said, everything's so well thought out. That's what impresses me the most about you, man. It's everything. Your attention to detail is just incredible. And I mean, that's why it's, it's just no, like, it's not by accident that you're at where you're at. I mean, everything's just so thought out. I think a lot of people like myself included, like I'm not nearly as clear as far as like what I want one, but then two, like 
the steps to get there too. And you've just thought it all out and it's amazing. That's why he's articulated so well too. Like you can like put it in very simple terms that people can understand too. So it's incredible. Thanks dude. (laughs) That's why he's he's successful though. We're talking about, you know, we're we're really talking about success principles and that's why he can lay it all out for you. Like Mm -hmm. that's really what all of these are. So, but you know, he can also just, show up and have no plans whatsoever yeah <laughs> preferable yeah we went cool. down that path that was a good preferable time. yeah because the rest because you know when you're on your own and you have this intricate deep well thought out plan so when you want to turn it off Let's turn it off well. let somebody else handle it anything else guys anything else you want to dive into so what made you like because i know you're like you knew right away that you weren't going to go to college. Like, why was that? Like, why did you know? Like, tell so, me more like how that started. I, I don't think I knew right away. I think what it was is my parents pushed me to the point to where I realized that this wasn't an option for me. I started, <laughs> I started thinking about college when I was around 12. Um, yeah. yeah. So my parents very early on, um, saw that I was struggling in school. Oh, I wasn't like struggling in school. I just, I just didn't care. I was getting in trouble. I was getting in detention. You know, I was a skater kid. Like, you know, that's, that's who I was. And I was naturally rebellious. And so my parents put me like on ADHD medication. They put me on Vyvanse, a bunch of different stuff when I was very young and they pushed me to go to college, but I just, you know, I was just so stressed out. I'm like, I don't know what my path is going to be. I don't know what I'm going to do to succeed because I wasn't succeeding in school. I didn't really necessarily want to succeed in school. And so I was thinking, okay, what do I do with my life? Do I become an engineer? Do I become a firefighter? Do I become, you know, an accountant? I remember uh, being in middle school, looking at like college curriculum, like career opportunity things, be like, is this what I want to do? Is this what I want to do? And, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't like any of these positions. They don't interest me. I don't really care about them. And the positions that I wanted to do, like park rangers and stuff, I'm like, I'm not going to make any money doing any of that. Any <laughs> right. stuff like that. Um, and so eventually just got to a point to where I was going to like college campuses and doing like two week long uh, engineering camps. And I did that for a couple of years. And I was like, am I going to be an engineer? Is this what I'm going to do? And then I found fitness. And when I found fitness, that's what really opened my eyes. And I saw people were blowing up on social media. This time it was around 2011, 2012. Instagram just came out. And so I'm on Instagram looking at these people's lives. They're driving Ferraris. They're driving Lambos. They're at the beach. It's two o'clock on a Tuesday. They're, you know, at the gym or wherever else in the world. And I'm like, these guys don't work. What are they doing? They own businesses, right? Mm. Okay. Interesting. Started diving deep into that. And I think that's what kind of led me down the path to understanding that like, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to get a job. This was the life I wanted to live. And so it was me identifying like, okay, what life do I want to live and what do I need to do to get there? And, and then it just kind of led me one step down another, um, okay, business. Okay. How do you start a business, you know, investing things like that. And it's just like picking the puzzle pieces apart and like figuring out what information I needed to learn to get to that position. And I remember telling my mom in high school, I'm like, look, I'm not going to go to college. I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to make a successful career in the fitness industry. And she was very, very ignorant to the fact that that was possible. She's like, you're not going to be able to make a living as a personal trainer at at a gym. Like you're going to, you're like, you're not going to be able like, you're not going to be able to like pay for anything. And I was like, no, trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. 
And so it was really just like figuring out, trying, just testing out a bunch of different things from a young age, figuring out what I didn't want. And then finally finding the thing after knowing what I didn't want, falling in love with the thing that like, ah, uh, this is what I want. No, that oh, makes, no, that makes good no, sense. Absolutely. So what, what would you say to the people that are kind of like stuck on the hamster wheel, you know, where they're, they're working their job, they're not super into it. They, 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 you know, you start a life, you get deep into it. Let's say you're 10 years after college. I'm just throwing a number out there and you're just kind of on the hamster wheel. And it's like, well, I can't quit my job because I got bills to pay, but I know this isn't it. It's like, what would, what advice would you give to that type of person to, to jump into, you know, figuring out exactly what they want to do? Yeah. I think the, the first thing is just going to be to, to test and explore. I think if you don't know what you want to do, you should give yourself space to play and experiment and just be free. Right. That might mean, let's say, let's just say you're, you're 10 years after college, you got a bill or you got to pay your nine to, nine to five bills. You don't know what you want to do with your life. You got responsibilities Friday through Sunday. If you don't know what you want to do with your life, go hiking, right? Go take a vacation, go travel somewhere new, go meet some new friends, go just get out in the world and experiment. And the idea will come to you or something will come to you. When you eventually find that thing that you want to do, and the only way that you're going to find the thing that you want to do is by getting new experiences. Mm. Right? Don't Finding... sit in front of the TV exactly. every weekend, exactly. every night. That means mm -hmm. figuring out what you don't want to do and finding things that you do love to do. Once you find the thing that you love to do, create a plan, right? Understand that the transition of being a nine to five with a bunch of responsibilities and plant and bills, you can still get out of that situation. It's just going to take a little bit longer. And you do need to be a little bit more dedicated to your plan. When you're in college, you're, you don't have a ton of responsibilities. It's easy for you to be like, fuck it. I'm going to quit this job. I'll live in my car. Like, you know, you can make the transition faster, but when you're older, you, it can still happen. It's still very possible. It's just going to take slower, right? It might not take you right. six months to 12 months. It might take you 24 to 36 months. Right. But my, my thought process is like, I'd way rather be where I want to be in 36 months than not at all. Mm. Amen. Right. hundred yeah. percent, man. So once you find the thing that you want to do, then you create a plan. And sometimes hiring mentors is going to be a part of that plan. They can speed up the yeah. process. They can show you exactly the steps that you need to do in order for you to get to that result and then teach you how to do those steps. So when you say hire, hiring mentors, you're talking about going through that course list yeah. until you I'll, eventually I'll get to you, the place where you're like probably like one-on-one, -on -one, kind yeah. of where you got a guy for a year and you're like, okay, yep. help me when I need you. But he's exactly. saying even doing the $200 course is good. Like yes. that right. is good. That is helpful. Right. That's where you start. Right. And right. everything. And I love that you brought it up earlier. Like, do you think that that's a scam when you see that he's selling that for nine ninety seven? It's like all the stuff that the mainstream wants you to think is a scam and doesn't work and is a waste of money. The people that spend that money and then they tell you it's a scam. It's because they didn't do anything with the information. The information right. was there. The information was correct. The path was laid out. They just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. you know right. and that's so i'm i'm glad you brought that up obviously yeah yeah i i i agree i wanted to ask you when you were going through your story of like you know how your parents wanted you to go to college and obviously ours did as well and now you're obviously super successful by just about anybody's standard um what is it like when you go back home and like what is it like like with the people that you grew up with and then like also with like your parents or your family. 
it's it's an unspoken thing. It's not talked about at all. Uh, Nobody. No Nobody. way, dude. Nobody. No way, bro. Yeah, Come that's on. crazy. They. What I don't are they? Like that. I don't so, like that. They gotta give you props, man. That's crazy to me. It almost seems like then they're hoping it doesn't work out somehow in the long run. I don't. Or uh, they're not sold that it's going to, but it's obviously going to. I dude, guess it's obviously going to. He's only multiplying going up from here. If you've listened to the last hour and a half, you cannot yeah. tell me this man's not going to be successful for the rest <laughs> of his life. I I don't know what it is. I think that I think that information is okay to be compartmentalized. I think that if it doesn't serve someone, you don't need to you don't need to make it known. Like. For example, when we went to the Ozarks, it was my first time meeting Ben and Justin. I had no reason or purpose to tell them what I do or how much money I make or my thoughts and beliefs. I was just there to have a good time, right? right. And so when I go home to my friends, I don't, I don't think they care to know. And it doesn't serve me to tell them or to make mm. sure I know. I'm just there to see them and have a good time. We, we grab some drinks, you know, we go out, we, you know, hang out and that's really all all it is if they want to ask you and learn more stuff then you'll happily teach them yeah but they're they're also not interested and that's totally fine i don't need to shove my shove my thoughts and beliefs down their throat um i'm just there to be with them you know and it's the same thing with my family when i see them it's great to see them we watch movies together we're together if they are curious about what i'm doing or you know what i'm up to I, i tell them but they don't really ask and so I, my thought process is if someone's doesn't ask, then they're probably not interested. Mm. And so, you know, fair enough. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. See, so, and when we met, I'll be honest, like I, I almost wanted to ask and dive deeper into it, but I was like, is it my place to ask? Does he maybe not want to talk about it? No, like, I mean, I love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is like, this is like my baby. Like I love talking about, well, this I know stuff. that now, but like when I had yeah. first met you mm-hmm. in Sumner, I was like, I don't know how much these guys want to talk about their businesses, even though I'm like fascinated. I'm like, yeah. I, I want to know. It is, it's like you were starstruck. It's like, you see Rogers, you hang out Rogers at the restaurant. And you're like, do I ask him for an autograph? Or, well, yeah. Matt and Nick just blow you guys up. Like it's crazy. You know, well, you so. see why though? I mean, you see why, I mean, it's easy. It's not even oh, blowing them up. It's just, is what talking it about is. him yeah exactly yeah i mean i also i i think there's time and place is based on the people like ben if if you came up to me and you asked me tons of questions i would have given you everything like i i if i went home my friends asked me what i was doing what i've been up to and how things are going i would love to open up but they don't care and that's totally right. fine it's not my place to make them care and it's also not my place to put that information you know onto yeah. them makes perfect sense so yeah no it makes perfect sense absolutely i definitely find (laughs) myself it's a very you know less lucrative conversation but like when people start to ask me about coaching i'm always like well how interested are they or are they just (laughs) asking about the team just to be nice right you know and i'm like how deep do they really want me to go here because i'll talk about it all day right I think that's a great question to even ask. Be like, Hey, I'll give you the answer to this question, but if you want to dive deeper, just let me know. I'm happy to continue. And if they continue to ask, then you could go as deep and you could also read their body language. You know, if they're looking around, they're not like, you know, they're not like, (laughs) like, like, okay, I I don't know anything about basketball. This guy's going way too much on me. Yeah. I I read the book, how to win friends and influence people uh, very young. And I think I I carry those principles in, in with me. So like, you know, when I go and see my friends, I'll ask them how they're doing. 
if they don't ask me back, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that on them. Or like, if I'm in a conversation, I'm talking, people aren't paying attention. They're looking around or Mm -hmm. they're fidgety. They're looking past me, looking at who's coming in through the door. I'll be like, okay, they're not, they're not engaged. Let's change the subject. Right. I'm a very big believer in asking questions because I I just think that opens people up and it gives them the, the space. You talked about space a lot. It gives them the space to just feel comfortable to talk about what's on their mind, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're all thinking about certain things all the time, yeah. but sometimes you just need that. You need somebody to open that door up and it's like, okay, Hey, I'm giving you permission to dive deep on, on what you really care about here. And it's like finding that thing because everybody's into something different mm-hmm. and it's like just poking and prodding. And then finally you, sometimes you hit something you're like, all right, I got him here. Yeah, I know then, what they want to talk about. And now I can just keep going deeper and deeper and yeah. deeper. And then you have a relationship with that yes. person. And then, and then you have an interesting conversation yes. as well. Yeah, Because everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody's got something interesting to say. And it's like, you got to, but you got to find what they care about. Yeah. Well, the other key that uh, Ben is listening, not just asking the questions, well, but right. actually listening to the response instead of just <laughs> asking yeah. a question. To, but a lot of people do that. A lot of people <laughs> yeah. just ask a question, ask a question, and they're not serious about it and they don't care about the response. So yeah. I mean, well, listening is the main point there. One of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody asks me a question and then as I'm answering it, they cut me off. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> why'd you l- let me answer? You know, and then I, and then once they do that, I then I shut down and I'm like, okay. Well, you're not someone I want to talk to right now. <laughs> and then oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Matt, Nick, I'm sure you've seen that where I just, I'm just done oh, talking to you'll somebody. You'll just stop. I love it. You're just like, okay, well, I'm done communicating with you then. Yep. And then you. eventually I'll just walk away and then that's it. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to be an asshole to you. Like right. where you know it, like Matt and Nick will see it and they know, okay, oh, he's yeah. in asshole mode. But then I just <laughs> walk away and I'm like, okay. That's funny. Like, don't ask also, me a question like that and then cut me off. I hate it. <laughs> I was I was going to say, I, I think that there's um, when you ask questions and you're genuinely listening, I think there is like a um, it's it's a positive character trait of you. It makes you more likable, too. Oh, yeah. I think I think there's something, um, you know, good about having genuine curiosity about someone and getting them to open up and actually listening. I think it, it's it's it makes you more likable in their mind, too. There's just endless positive attributes to yeah. yeah, listening to people and being genuinely curious. It's good for right. you. It's good for them. Everybody's winning. I think this podcast has helped me to be able to not interrupt people, <laughs> like or talk <laughs> over people, because we yeah. had to. Because us three have struggled with that in the past, our whole lives. Really, before, <laughs> really, like before, when we're Still about- when we're together. So we started 15. doing this podcast. Yeah. Like halfway through, we kind of realized like, maybe we should just let each other finish their thought <laughs> and then we'll see what happens here. Well, I'm sure I the Schwebkers are like, Oh no, don't do I was that. Say, I think a part of it was we were raised in a household where people weren't listening to each other. And so <laughs> then funny. it really, it did become about if you were louder then you were heard, like, cause nobody was yeah. actually listening. There know? was a lot so of us. So that's, that's where that stemmed from. So now we just realize it's ridiculous and unnecessary. Yeah. It, it's completely insane, but it's the way we <laughs> lived our lives for 30 years. Yeah. I think that is, that is something that uh, I picked up podcasting as well Is when you ask questions, ask a question, clarify your point, and then just hands off, let them. Mm-hmm. And if they need help, you can come in and assist them and, and <laughs> help them in the conversation. But for the most part, just hands off, let them run. And 
you know. Well, I'm glad of, you see our strategy because that's what we've done here tonight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, yeah. Well. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your podcast. I don't think we've touched on that much. Yeah. So the podcast has shifted a little bit. Um, in the beginning, the podcast was a more so of a passion project just to kind of like brain dump my diaries, like my life. Mm. Um, you know, I just finished writing my book. And so I just, you know, documented, you know, a good 10 years of my life from, well, I would say like 13 years from like 20, well, like 12 to 25. And so the podcast was more so for me to come and not talk about business stuff, not talk about, you know, tips and tricks, but to be like, you know, this is my weekend. I went and did shrooms in the desert with a bunch of my friends or acid in the desert with a bunch of my friends. And here's what I learned. It was, it was a, it was a way for me to just document the, whatever I was going through in my personal life and what I was learning. That's how it started recently though. I have stepped away from that and it, it has become a little bit more with an agenda to push business. And so typically what I do is I, I will come up you know, with just any kind of topics that my students need to hear tips and tricks that they need to hear to help them start the business. And I'll record a YouTube video and then just upload the audio to the podcast. I'm kind of knocking two birds with one stone. So it really just depends on how people want to consume their information. So it started off as a personal diary. It has shifted a little bit, but for now it's just mainly tips and tricks on how to start a coaching business. I love that. Love it. So do you bring on guests a lot or is it so I did. I did. I did. I did before. It was a lot of personal trainer stuff, so like social media marketing, entrepreneurs. Uh, I brought Matt on because he had a really awesome story of you know leaving the nine to five, moving across the country, opening up a yeah. gym. Like that's fucking incredible. So had Matt come on, but recently I haven't. I haven't been doing a lot of that. Yeah, Matt doesn't get enough credit, I think, for the guts it took to to do what yeah, he did. I think, especially I think- leaving such a such a good paying job. Mm-hmm. By, There's so much risk. It's yeah. a it's a and lot. And doing it so late in life too. Yeah, it took a lot of balls, and I think a lot of people that have known that has known Matt for a long like for the for the ride for the whole ride. I don't. I think a lot of people are just like they don't believe that it's real. Yeah, I, I, I believe like they, it when they see it. They, here. they will, but he's. It's like oh, Matt's out in San Diego. No one really knows what he does. Mystical right now. And yeah. but they don't care to really find Digging, out yeah. and i think that it's like oh well oh it's just matt being matt doing crazy matt stuff and it's like <laughs> but it's yeah, but you see, know it's funny a about, lot of guts to do it well, what's funny about that though is matt used to be calculated like he had his 401k calculated down to the penny you know when he was 25 years old like you know he had so he's just totally flipped but yeah, they just know ever since it, Matt went to California, yes. everybody's just like, who is that guy? Yeah, you know, but right? it took it took a lot I'm, of guts. And I think I'm the only one that knows. <laughs> yeah, Nick and Zach you know, knows. Said, yeah, I'm I saying never whole story before, from, from right. Yeah, from I've never seen the before, though. Yeah, that's so true. Like Zach never knew. They don't know you, you. Know, when I, I make look jokes old, about I Matt, look at old dude. pictures of you and, yeah. and I'm like, who is that person? Exactly. I've I never met that person thing. in my I'm life. I'm saying, before. dude, when I'm talking about you being, you know, Captain Coke, Matt, like they yeah. don't know that, dude. Yeah. They don't know was, angry Matt who was yelling at everybody all the time for being yeah, stupid I didn't know and stuff. That. Like they don't know that, dude. Sumner and Wyatt and Zach, like these guys don't self-made. They all think you're mm-hmm. this guy. And I'm always like, that's why when I'm talking to you the way I talk to you, 
they're looking at me like, how are you talking to Matt like that? I'm like, you don't know Matt. Shut the fuck up. Get the hell out of here. You know what That's I mean? hilarious. It is interesting though. You want to see the like, old Matt though? Just just hoop with him and he'll oh, he'll, yeah, he'll come he'll right come out. out. Football or the anger basketball. comes out. Oh dude, football or yeah. bat. We saw that last year the in the season too. He he'll start yelling at you. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Sports. Yeah, that was bring it out. But I think, you know, a lot of people want to do a lot of people feel like Matt felt very trapped, very like, this is the way I was supposed to do it. I was told to do it this way. I'm an engineer. I went to Mizzou. I I did everything I was supposed to do. And now I'm trapped. And it's like he had to make a decision that he was going to change in the water too it wasn't like he had just got going this dude was chest high you know 401k was ready early oh, yeah. retirement was on its way like here's, those here's what i'll say about Matt's hard journey, time though. breaking what, what i'll say about Matt's journey though and this is this is honestly what it's one of my favorite stories and i i love i love your story but he knew he didn't exactly know what he wanted or what he was going to do he just knew what he didn't want Mm, and right. that was enough to get him to one step closer, which was, hey, you know what? I might not be ready to quit this job, but I'm going to get to California, right? Mm-hmm. Get to California. Okay, I don't really want to do this job. I'm going to become a personal trainer. Becomes a personal trainer. Oh, there's an opportunity. So it's like he, he didn't know he was going to move to San Diego and become, you know, a gym owner. Just like I didn't know that I was going to build, you know, this this e-learning company helping personal trainers with the business. That wasn't the plan. Like that wasn't the plan for me when I was 18, I had no right. idea what I was going to do. I just knew what I didn't want. And I moved away from it. Matt did the same thing. He didn't know what he was going to do. He just knew what he didn't want. And he moved one step away from that. And it got him one step closer to a new opportunity. Yeah. I love sure, that. That's a great point to take away. Cause and- yeah, Matt's pivoted a lot and obviously had several businesses by now, you know, some that worked out, some that didn't. Yep. And has that happened for you, by the way, Zach? Like, if, I mean, you, I feel like you got the Midas touch. Like, have you ever failed at anything? <laughs> yeah, no, 100 percent. Yeah. So I started I started a, a clothing company in high school. That was my first my first business venture. Um, I mean, I sold some I mean, I sold some clothing to some kids in high school. That was pretty much it. But after that, I didn't have any idea how to progress forward from that. Um, I started a little personal training business out of my mom's garage, you know, made some money off of that. Didn't know how to grow it. So stop that. Uh, I started, you know, doing videography for, you know, people in the, uh, in San Diego. So I would make them like YouTube edits and stuff like that. That didn't really go anywhere. I started a Amazon FBA business where I would go to local libraries. I would, you know, find books and then I would list them on Amazon and flip them. I mean, I did that for a little bit. That didn't really go anywhere. I tried to, you know, create a swim short company in San Diego. So I, I tried to, you know, manufacture and like uh, create my own swim short brand. That didn't really go anywhere. Um, so yeah, there that was, was a, recently, wasn't it? That was a couple one? years ago. That was yeah. that was. See, a I think years that's ago. important to hear because you have say. been so successful with your, you know, your your other business. Dude. That it's important to hear that you failed at what eight seven to eight different businesses because everybody thinks that it's overnight success or you get lucky or whatever. And it's like, that's not really, that's not really the case. You know, it takes time to get to where you want to go and it takes learning through those failures. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I'm really glad. I think it's important. We bring that up. Like I think going forward, you know, as we bring on successful guests, like we need to bring up the failures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say is like when Zach's talking about me moving one step away it's 
it's me moving. Like I'm doing something mm-hmm. rather than just being like, well, you know, I'll do, I'll do it next week. Well, mm-hmm. no, it just goes, goes back to what Zach said earlier about, are you running twice as fast or you're just running as fast as you can? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, that's the point. A lot of people just keep running. And then you're, you, you got to the point where you were running twice as fast. I mean, I saw it because when we moved out here, you still did your nine to five, but every night dudes reading Tony's on Friday night, Saturday night. You know what I mean? Like Matt did the two times, just like Zach's talking about, he did the double race. And then now look, he's got all his time back, just like Zach's saying. So, and it was very temporary in the grand scheme of things, very temporary to get ahead. And now, but I feel like both of you just have this momentum going now where it's going to be really hard to stop it at this point. You can't. I mean, I, I just really feel like there's like at this point, it's just an avalanche and it's coming. And unless you guys just all of a sudden decided to just totally change who decided you are as human beings is what I was um, going to say. It would be that a would be the only way it doesn't it. just continue to progress at the rate so, you guys are going. That's a that's a really great point. I think that's something that a lot stops a lot of people from, you know, taking that first initial step is because they think about security and they think mm-hmm. about what about financial security or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Matt will never in his life be broke again ever because he knows too much even if he lost everything he lost a gym didn't make any money off of it went broke started at zero just based off of what matt knows in his brain he will never have a money problem again because guess what tomorrow if he's got to start again i'll just sign a personal trainer client right i know how to do that Mm. i can make some money cool you know i'll i'll you know uh save up some money flip a deal with sumner Right. And I he don't have much. to go back to an engineering School office either. or no, ever again. Never, never. Financial security is purely what you know as a skill set. Mm. Love that. All right. That's, Write a, that that's down. a great. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Write that down in your notebook. Yeah. Everybody the, listening. The, like, if you know how to like, if you know how to make money, you will never go broke again in your life. And like Matt, Matt knows that. And so like you can't stop him you might be able to slow him down, but it will literally be impossible to stop him. He knows too much. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's true. That financial phrasing security. though. Yeah. Knows too much. That's right. a, that's a great phrasing for it. No, it's and interesting really- you say that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. I remember when I, when I quit AAA, I was unemployed for two months and then I fell back on the, the skill set that I know. I know how to <laughs> teach and I know how to coach and it's right. not like a huge <clears throat> moneymaker, but my family is not going hungry. You know what I mean? Yep. So you, yep. you fall back and you always, yeah, the skills matter for sure. But you learned those skills. And that's why I'm really glad you brought, asked Zach what he failed at. Cause I've, I failed at a few businesses as well. And I'm sure I lost more money than Zach. Cause I was starting these businesses when I had more money to lose. You know? so I'm going <laughs> in, trying to grow that's too fast, true. Yeah. losing all my money. Cause I'm trying to grow too fast mm-hmm. rather than just bootstrapping everything essentially. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those things that appear to be failures, they're not failures. You're learning. Right. Like the the uh, adage that you only fail when you give up is 100% true. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Because, yeah, what if, what if Zach had just quit after his personal training business or his, you know, T-shirt clothing business in high school mm-hmm. or any of the other ones you just <clears throat> named, you know? <clears throat> That would be a failure. That's all your failures are actually just quitters. That's what they are. Yeah. I I don't even really consider them failures. I just consider them experiments. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Right. Yes. I love that. It's just education. 
you're learning. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I love that. Well, it's like what Earl says, you know, it's the, the baseline is really just the complacency of whatever. You know, mm -hmm. if you're trying to go above and beyond, you're probably going to fail, fail at this. You're going to learn from this, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually you're going to break through and find what your thing is. Mm -hmm. So. No doubt. Beautiful stuff, Zach. A vibe, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. A vibe. <laughs> I love how he came geared up for us, too. Like, just how we wanted him to look. With the like, chain. Not, yeah. And the Raider set. This like doesn't exactly come off. how you want it. <laughs> this doesn't, it come, doesn't off. come off. Well, actually, right before this, I had I had my coaching call. So from 5 to 6.30, I was speaking to my students and then had a quick break. So I, I you know, I was already in uniform. <laughs> i love it that's so good that's great that how, part so, of the, I'm, I'm, i already know but i'm just gonna ask anyway because i know how like well thought out you are on everything so is that part of the strategy like you guys this the look the raider look now i feel like you've adopted to the raider look over the last like several months yeah i definitely there was definitely some thought process behind it i was like of course. i want to i want to redo my entire look um, have a little bit more edgier of a look i wanted more tattoos and i also wanted the tattoos to kind of be dark and gothic um and i wanted to change my wardrobe more towards black because i knew that investing into like my personal aesthetic and my overall like clothes was good but i also don't didn't want to make too many decisions and so for me i'm like black looks good you know and all black you know if i'm if i'm consistent with it then great and so i wanted to find a hat that I can wear every single day that would look good with a black shirt. And so for me, I'm a Raiders fan. That's was the easy decision. So I'm like, that's it. You know, just get a Raiders hat, wear yeah. it every day. Wear a black well, shirt. beyond even just the hat though, it's just the whole vibe, like Dude, everything about you. You know so, what I mean? So I, I have these, I have like a few pieces of jewelry, but the clothes that I wear every single day, uh, my shorts are like, I forget, they're called Kufandi basketball shorts. I got them on Amazon for like, it was like 30 bucks for three pairs, right? I got, I have 14 pairs. <laughs> my, shirt, my shirt that I wear is uh, a Gildan shirt. I got five oh shirts God. for 15 bucks. I got black, gray, and I got Heather. Same outfit every single day. I have a different color pair of shorts, different color shirt, black, gray, or Heather. And then I have I they're either, so comfortable. They're consistent. It's consistent. It throw a little chain on there and it makes the outfit. So I have literally two weeks gym clothes, but then I come on and put on a comfortable shirt, put on some comfortable basketball pants. They look good because the color scheme is super simple. And yeah, it's, Dude, it's you don't make you, you don't have to waste any time making decisions on what you're gonna yep. wear. You made the decision already. Yep. It's done. Exactly. Exactly. So. Well, Obviously, the, it looks good. Well, and then there's just a feel to it. He straps on and then he goes back into that mode. Then he's that dude again. It's easier to just connect right back to it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, I that's something it, that's something that I was telling Sumner this year, too, because um, Sumner's always been a hand me down guy. I've, I've been a hand me down guy by myself, but Sumner really grew up a hand me down guy and I don't think he ever broke it. Um, and so we were, I mean, you got, Matt knows this better than anything. If you go out with Sumner to a bar or to a nightclub, there's a risk that he's going to show up in a stringer. That is a serious <laughs> risk. 
And so <laughs> we were at we were at EDC and he was wearing Wyatt's old shoes. Wyatt's old shoes. I'm like, bro, He's wearing Wyatt's yes. old shoes. Yes. And I'm like, bro, you, you're in a position to be wearing hand-me-downs anymore. And he he right. literally looks like he was about to go hiking at EDC. And I told him, I'm like, dude, when you invest into what you wear and your clothes, it doesn't even have to be anything expensive or anything crazy. But when you express yourself through that, you embody a, a energy that will elevate you. Right. And you can build self-confidence just by, you know, putting a little bit of attention into what you put on every day. Right. So I, I definitely think that there is something about like, you know, when I put my same shorts on or I put my same shirt on or I put my jewelry on, I'm, I'm embodying who I want to be, right. Mm-hmm. Who I, who I want to be. And so um, I definitely think that's important. That's to great put stuff. some intention. Yeah. Put some inten- intention behind it. Something right. that you don't really think about, but when you, when you do think about it, it's like, oh, this does affect you. But people, you do think about it every day when you put clothes on, you're thinking about how is this going to look? How is this going to feel? Yeah, I, mean, I, used to, I, I, I think used to about it think. all the time now. I yeah. think maybe because I'm in better shape and I'm like, I don't want to wear a big baggy shirt anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want you're people to know anymore. because I've put the work in. Like I've changed my body the last couple of years and it's like, I want people to know. And so For now sure. I, I'm very intentional about like, I'm not wearing just some big ass tee. Like I used to just wear the baggy stuff because I was fat and I'm like, I just need to hide this gut. But now I'm like, nah, everybody's going to know. Like I'm working hard. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's why I buzz. That's why I got the cut off on right now. <laughs> I never, I, I never cared. I never grew my hair out until I was like 25. Like after I got started working out and got in just decent shape for the first time, I was like, oh, you know what? I like to grow my hair out a little bit. I'll, I'll have hair on my head. I literally. <laughs> how just, far did you go? How long? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had to throw it out. To get you good. a picture. It got it got decently long. Actually, I think. It seems like every time after I have a child, like or leading up to the child, it just grows, grows, grows. And then the first, <laughs> oh, yeah. first two, three months of their life, it just keeps growing. So I don't know. It's something about like going into dad mode. I really, that's like, how it, it is like for me with girl. my beard. I'm, my beard gets the longest when I'm about to have a kid. Why? Why do you think that is? <laughs> See, so there's something about that. That's not just me. Probably because you stop caring about like having Anything sex else. for real. Because it's like you know it ain't happening because your wife's eight months pregnant. That's hilarious. I mean, let's, just, I, let's call a spade I did not a spade think here. That would be the no, you're right. <laughs> it but makes dude, sense though. Zach, I'll have to show you like when I had it out as an afro. Um, I'll have to send it to you. It was yeah. it was long. It definitely got long. I saw I saw you grew it out. Uh, I think it was 2020. You grew it out for like six months, and I was like, I like I like That's- seeing it, but it I didn't get it. I, it wasn't as long as I wanted it to be. No, because you were like, because that's when yours was then getting in the pony, yeah. or it was headed that way at least, and you were like, yeah. we were doing it together. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I will just keep going, but I, I couldn't do it. It got too hot. Yeah, yours, <laughs> yours was definitely uh, a lot more curlier than mine is. Though. Oh, it's curly. It's yeah. Afro stuff. <clears throat> um, I actually did want to ask since you brought up your call, how many like how many people were on that call? So it, it ranges, it, it, it definitely, it ranges depending on the season. So I've noticed during the, during the summertime, there's less students, uh, during the wintertime, there's more students on the calls anywhere between 10 to 20. Per and call. then how many people, I guess are in PTBI or have 
bought PTBI yeah. or however you classify that? So we've worked with over 400 students. I think it's like 410 or something like that. Uh, how many active students that are active inside the group is about 100. Nice. Right. Yeah. So 100 active yeah, clients 100. in there in your own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone, so awesome. everyone has lifetime access uh, to the program. So even people who joined the program in 2020 can still come to the calls. Wow. Um, but what happens is eventually they get, to the, they get to a point to where they learn what they need to do. They have all their questions answered and it just comes down to them doing it. So they don't really need the course anymore, right? We give them lifetime access so they, they can stay a part of the community and they can still have the support. Um, but you know, that's why, that's why we're able to keep our calls between 10 to 20 people because people don't need it forever. They don't continuously grow until there's a hundred people on the call. Um, because a lot of it is we're just solving the same questions, saving problems. Right. Right. And you're actually teaching these people what they need to know. And then when they know it, they're like, well, I don't yep. really need to be it's actually solving a problem and creating mm-hmm. real value is what that is. Yeah. So. Right. No doubt. Yeah. Plus too, here's, here's the other reason why we gave lifetime access is because I don't want any of our students to go to anyone else. Mm. Right. I love it, man. And that's how you build a culture obviously too. So yeah. do you get any volunteers on that PTBI tattoo or what? Somebody Dude, I got that? a couple. Yeah. I got a couple of volunteers. We'll see if they actually <laughs> follow through with it. Dude. One of my goals. Yeah. I really want to have a PTBI wedding. So I want two of our students to get, meet in PTBI and get married. We have, <laughs> we have a couple couples that are, actually a potential for that well, i want it. someone to get a ptbi tattoo i don't want to get a ptbi tattoo i want one of our students to i love those goals man that's amazing yeah that's that's a brand yeah that's a brand that's a harley davidson like right that's Facts. a brand you yeah. know i never even thought about that that's yeah. if you if somebody's tattooing your logo oh yeah dude that's build true a loyalty. That's deep, dude. I, I'll that's... push. I'll push someone to do it. Y- yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> he'll have that done by the by this. But week you know, then. if you change somebody's life to where they can barely afford ramen noodles, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're driving a Lambo, it's like, yeah, they know where to point to. Dude, I mean, it's it's honestly pretty incredible what what we've been able to do, just because I didn't even ha- have that success for myself. We have people who are 19, 20 years old making $10,000, $15,000 per month. I have one kid who's 20 years old. He can't even, he's not even old enough to get a drink. And he is, we helped him build a team. He's now leading five people on his team. He has five employees. He's making $15,000 per month. And I was like, dude, at 20 years old, I had no idea what I was doing. With <laughs> yeah. I had, I had one girl who was 19. She was making $25,000 a month. Jesus. Shit. I was like, if I only knew but the thing is, is like back when I was getting started, this wasn't, this wasn't a thing, right? Mm-hmm. right? This wasn't a thing. It wasn't possible. So, um, you're doing all right now though. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> I also think that I think in the future, the future of this industry in general, the online education business is that it's going to get easier and easier for people to become successful. Right? Mm-hmm. I think I think more people are going to move online, more people are going to learn how to work for themselves, and more people are going to learn that it's okay and normal to, you know, invest into education to learn how to get specific results. Right. Um, and I also think that it's it's going to become uh, almost deplatformed in the sense that like you don't need to have a million followers on Instagram to become super successful. Like you can be successful and build a successful business with, you know, a thousand followers on, on Instagram or 500 followers on Instagram. I think that's what I've seen 
the biggest change that I've seen with social media and careers created out of social media from 2012, when it was essentially created with Instagram for me, at least to uh, now is that back in 2012, you had to have a huge following to be successful because everyone was making money off of brand deals, sponsorships. So like, you know, if you had a hundred thousand, 500,000, a million followers, cool. You can enter the game. Now you can make 10, 20, 30. We have, we have, I have a student who's 20, uh, 21 years old. He lives with his parents. He's making $30,000 a month from his, his fitness business through PTBI. And, you know, he started with, you know, a couple, couple thousand followers, like less than 5,000 followers. And it's like, wow, it's only becoming easier awesome. and easier for people to get into the game. So I think in mm -hmm. the future, in the next 10 years, it's going to be so normal that like anyone can do it. That's my prediction, at least. Yeah. Hey, anybody listening to this podcast should be a lot more open to paying for an online course. My God. I know I am. Yeah. Well, it's shifted my perspective for sure. Absolutely. But yeah. That's incredible stuff, man. Yeah. Great insight. Like, yeah. You should definitely be open to, to paying for information. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that, you know, think about Tony Robbins, you know, Tony Robbins, I mean, sure. He made a, like i'm sure he made it well actually i don't even think he makes any money from his books he just donates all that money yeah he does now yeah <laughs> yeah so like tony robbins what he what he gets paid for is people paying for his information and his coaching that's his entire business all tony robbins does he's just a coach he's just a coach yep. it's just a coaching business and it's a mm -hmm. i think it's a i don't know if it's a billion dollars but definitely multi multi-million dollar coaching business that's all it is. yeah it's it's absolutely massive i don't it's i don't know if it's a billion but i mean i'm sure it's up there like yeah. you know the people pay an outrageous amount of money for him yeah. to coach them for one hour and that's yeah and that's all it is is just coaching and so like if he can do it other people will pay you for coaching too and then you yeah, and if someone's pay, you should also pay if someone's gonna too. pay right if someone's gonna pay him a million dollars to coach you know for a, an hour or a month or whatever it may be like that person is obviously has a million dollars to pay him and thinks it's worth a million dollars to hire a right. coach, right? Someone that's successful and knows right. they're going to make way more money because they spent that million dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think right. that's they the think thing. It's like, they it's think they're just donating deal. it. Yeah. It's like, no, no right. I'm going to use this as a launching yeah. pad to make tens and right. hundreds of millions of dollars. So. Of course. I mean, Zach's looking at his 50,000 probably is like, wow, I can't believe I'm only spending $50,000 for my guy. This is unbelievable. He's worth way more than this. I'm sure that's going to be your takeaway at the end of this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll give you some perspective. So 50, a $50,000 investment. He took my business from $40,000 a month to $140,000 a month. <laughs> wow. Right? Over the yeah. last, over the last nine months. Right. So I definitely made that money back and worth now it. Well, so now not only did I make the money back, but even if I don't pay him a single dollar for the rest of my life, I am in the green forever because now mm -hmm. I know a skill set that's going to allow me to make money for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, so people, people always think about like, what's the return on investment in the next 90 days? Well, it's like, well, what's mm -hmm. the return on investment over the course of your life with the skill set? Mm -hmm. mm, that's so good. That's so good. And honestly, like, this is why people used to go to college before it, it before everybody went to college because their parents told them to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I definitely think that college served the purpose back in the day. I think mm -hmm. uh, I was talking about this, like back in our parents day, you had to go to a library to learn the information that we know. Mm -hmm. It's like no one was going to a library. So the only way to get structured information was through college. Mm -hmm. And Where, the colleges had the biggest libraries. Yes. Right. They had all the information. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and, and getting the college degree holds weight for employees. Yep. It holds no weight for an entrepreneur. Yep. It means nothing. It's irrelevant. I couldn't have my job if I didn't go to college. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I have my, my bachelor's and my master's mean a lot in my job. But if I were to go, let's say, you know, with Palady Hubble, who cares? We didn't even have to, we could do what we do and not have gotten through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Cause no one cares. Cause it's an entrepreneur. You know, we have our own business. You know, I could go work for Zach with, you know, an eighth grade degree or like, you know, take his class and, and learn how to do that. Cause no one cares. Who cares mm-hmm. about your formal college degree? It's when you go work for someone else that it becomes important because you're proving that whatever I can learn or and like we do things discuss on the last was the last one the education or was it uh, was, was it uh, whatever, it was one of the last ago. couple so two ago when we talked about education it got real deep on it I mean that's that's kind of where we got with it is like what do you want you know and if you if you want what I would consider success like monetary success or wealth maybe is a better word like college ain't it you know what i mean and what i would consider freedom freedom with my time college college is not what's going to get you that yeah you know so so yeah my brother um my brother is three years younger than me and so i got in a lot of trouble when i was a kid and i was naturally rebellious kid and so you know my brother would see me get in trouble and he saw me go this way and so he's like you know what i'm gonna go this way he wasn't he was old enough to see that what I was doing wasn't leading me down a good path, but not young enough to where my sister now who's 15 can make decisions and she can see, Oh, Zach was actually right along. My brother wasn't mm-hmm. at that stage yet. He, so he went to college. He got a nine to five job. He's texting me now. He's like, dude, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, how, like, how do I get down to San Diego? And you know, I'm, I got him a job in San Diego. He's going to be nice. doing a sales job. Um, I'm working on getting him a place. And so as things just is so funny, it's like, you know, you end up doing what you're supposed to do and you end up miserable, right? right. Because never once did you stop and ask yourself, what do I actually want to do? Yeah. This is for... what I'm supposed to do, but what do I actually want to do? And that's hard, man. That's hard for anybody. It's especially hard for kids. Mm-hmm. It's you're really a kid, hard. When you just had to go to college, you're a kid. Well, you're I also, kid. I also don't think that people are taught to think about what they want to do. No, no, not at all. I've, I think they're taught that like you have to go to college and and pick something, and that's it. Yeah, but I don't think that people would, are really that even... would be the the thinking of what you want to do is what degree do you want to get? Yes, exactly, yes, exactly. But I also think people are told like when you're really young, so like me as five, everybody's gassing her up. You can do anything you want. You can be mm-hmm. an, an astronaut. You can own your own business. You can become the president of the United States. And so everybody's got all this like. It's like, you know, when you're little, everybody gives you that momentum. And then it's because you're, you're 15. Well, be realistic. You know, right. you can't do that. You know, that's really hard. Only 1% of people are able to accomplish that. And so they start mm-hmm. chopping you down to where you're like, okay, well, I better just do what's what's safe. And everybody says, it's okay. I can go to college and I'll get a good job. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I It drives me crazy. Like, I don't know. I Because I, I talked about in my class uh, a couple weeks ago, we did a vision board and I, I was like, we're going to, we're going to come up with, I want you guys to come up with what you really want, what your goals are. 
And I, and I was like, how many of you guys have really thought about it? And like one kid would raise their hand. It's, it's kind of sad, but it's like, that's the reality is that people don't, I think they get to where they're 15, 16. They, they don't really like dream or they may dream, but they don't believe that it's possible because it's been beaten out of them. Yeah. By then it's beaten out of them. Exactly. The belief is everything too, but I know mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about with that. Cause I, you know, I used to love making movies and I was, I was like, I'll be a director. That's what I'm going to do. And then as it, I got older and still wanted to be a director. I had adults telling me like, well, you know, there's only very few directors that actually make money doing it. You know, most right. of them just flail out. And then I, I, I thought about like, going into film too. That's smirk. <laughs> I mean, what kind of film were we? T- <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I know. Right. I was, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know what, Zach? It's yeah. too late, man. We can, <laughs> we can still make movies. Uh, That's yeah, always well, a possibility. You do, I, you do, you make courses. What are you talking about? Of course, you make movies. Yeah, you, it's in film. Yeah, you are in I, film. I, I consider myself in the education business, but Ben, I think I think that you're in a really good position to inspire a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I will say, I had one teacher. His name is Mr. Warwick. That really, really opened my eyes to like what's what I wanted to do really got me thinking really got me thinking about my career and he was a engineering teacher and I took his engineering one-on-one class but he was very very passionate about what he taught and it was very passionate about helping kids think about what they wanted to do and I think that you are in a position to where if you get people thinking like what do you want to do with your life what are the goals that you want to you know accomplish what's your vision that does make a difference because I was that kid in that one class sitting in the back. And even though it may have looked like I wasn't paying attention, probably because I was thinking about what he was talking about, thinking about, you know, what I actually wanted to accomplish. And so like, you know, even though there's only one kid that raised their hand, knowing what their vision was, you probably inspired a lot of people to think for the first time that could, Mm -hmm. could potentially change your life. Well, I hope so. I mean, that's, that's my, that's my goal. I, I honestly, that sort of thing, that sort of mindset shift is probably what I use my platform more than anything, uh, especially, well, I shouldn't say, I mean, for both the coaching and the teaching aspect is I'm like, I don't really care if they learn these vocabulary words and all this BS that I have to teach, but we're going to talk about every once in a while, we're going to talk about vision. We're going to talk about mindset, you know, and attitude and overcoming obstacles and like I'm going to weave that in mm-hmm. to certain conversations. And when it, when something comes up uh, and when, when money comes up, we're going to talk about the money's not evil, yeah. even though you've been taught that because your family doesn't have a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of the, the students I have are very, very poor. And so, you know, I'm like, no money's good. Mm-hmm. You know, money can solve a lot of money problems. You got to start there for and sure. It's okay. It's okay to make money and it's okay to make it legitimately and not through, you know, you don't have to be evil to make money. You know, you're not scamming somebody or selling drugs or doing, you know, illegal things like you can make legit money and that's good. You know, I find it, I find it interesting that you're, you're passionate about teaching, but you're not passionate about teaching the school's agenda. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't really care about this stuff. Yes. That's a very interesting take. <laughs> to hear from a teacher is there is there any other teachers that you work with that are like that too or 
do you find yourself kind of like a the only uh, one? Not many. I'm I very I very much feel like in the teacher world, I don't really fit in. Mm. Um, now I think there's coaches that think the way I do, but then they just conform to I I'm just gonna be the teacher that everybody wants me to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so but I do you- think I coach differently as well. I I do think that I I think I do it different than yeah. most people. Uh, and I really believe in changing these guys' lives. And I, and I, I so, love that. So I love teaching, but I don't love teaching in school. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I'm cause I'm the same way. I love teaching too. I was going to ask if you feel like you don't fit in the teaching world and you're someone who's passionate about teaching and helping and like changing people's lives on like a real level, because like kids aren't taught how to handle their emotions. They're not taught about finances. They're not taught about relationships and things that actually matter. What do you find is the norm for teachers that you work with or you've worked with in the past? Like what is, you know, their agenda? Uh, it's, uh, it's control. It's conformity. It's, we got to get you to fit into this box and you need to check these boxes. You need to take these classes and you have to learn this certain thing and i think that's where i see a lot of teachers just kind of like force feeding information and they and they don't enjoy it and they don't enjoy being around the students and they don't enjoy like i or they feel like they're going to get in trouble and lose their job if they say what they really think Mm. so they just keep what they think to themselves or or whatever that's but, what i was gonna say it's because that's what they're told to do that's yeah. what they were taught the whole way up through school and when they got educated and that's what the education system wants them you know that's what yeah. the education system wants them to do doesn't it wants yeah. them to make cogs in the machine mm-hmm. what, and that's what? what it's built for that's yeah. what the whole thing is built and matt you made a good point the other day or the other podcast we did where like working together is bad in school. And Mm -hmm. so I've actually caught myself being like, well, this is like, I I'll think it, well, this is supposed to be an independent work thing that like, because I'm basically just regurgitating what I'm supposed to teach. Right. I don't come up with the curriculum. I'm just like a facilitator basically. And then I was like, you know what? They're trying to work together to figure this out. And so I just stopped Mm -hmm. them. Like you guys just, you want to work together and actually try to figure this out, just do it. And I don't Dude, care. You're probably the cool teacher. <laughs> yeah, definitely the cool teacher. I we, think we, I, I think I, I have a pretty good impact, especially now that I've been here where I'm at for this is my third year. And I feel like I honestly feel like I can do and teach how I want. And I do not care what the administrators say or think. Mm-hmm. And I've never and, and I always get high evaluations. But I know good, I'm man, not like the greatest teacher like because Zach I don't said, do it the way they want. Well, so you are the greatest teacher. Like Zach said, they need it, man. You're there for a reason to what, what actually help some kids out. It's high school. High school? Yeah. yeah. What do you, which, which, uh, which grade do you think has the conformity bug the worst? Like at what point do they start pushing that agenda? Which, which grade is the worst? Cause I'm sure these kindergarten yeah. teachers who are teaching kids how to color yeah. and do the alphabet, they don't have to deal with this, this problem. That's so a great point. I think the tipping point is middle school because they start to go crazy and they start to in, uh, think independently where I think the younger 
they're just like, they want to do whatever the teacher says and they want to color and they want to learn, they want to grow and they want to play. And, and in elementary school, they're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. They're, you're allowed to experiment. You want to go play with the blocks? Go play with the blocks. You want to go out and recess and run around with your friends and play tag for 15 minutes, 20 minutes? You're allowed to do that. They started getting into middle school and it's like, we got to control it. We got to control the chaos. So they start, you got to walk in a line, you know, one person, you know, and behind the other. And it becomes like, it's, it becomes almost like prison, you know, and it, it and I know some of it's for safety, but it's, they could set the schools these, up a lot better. They these really kids just, are they hitting, could. these kids are hitting puberty and they're thinking we got to rein these animals in. Yep. That's and you can't. <laughs> I'm telling you, you cannot control these kids. You have to just, you have to guide them. Like you have to lead them to where they want to go. I think that I I probably do a better job of that in coaching. I don't see, I don't want to manage them. I want to lead them. Mm -hmm. I want to lead you to where you want to go and not tell you exactly how to get there. And so I think that, that I think in middle school, it becomes, I got to manage these kids there's literally a term called classroom management and it's a big deal in education, you know? And it's like, but if you're, if you're in a deal with like, and I noticed it today, we were doing an activity I thought was really dumb. And I know that the kids felt that. And so then I had them like, they didn't want to do it. And they were like talking when I was explaining stuff. And I'm like, this is just a bad situation because they don't care. They don't care about it. I don't really care to teach it either, which is, I know part of the problem, but I'm not going to make myself care about things I don't care about. And I think that's why (laughs) I I need to get, I think that's why I need to move away from the teaching because I can have impact. But then like some of the times I'm just like, you know what, whatever you guys just do your work. I'm I'm going to work on basketball right now. You need to generate another. <laughs> you need to generate another yoga class and make this one just like you know, Ben's thoughts, and then they come up with that. <laughs> right. Then you can just teach whatever you want. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Real. If I could just, if I could just have a class where I could literally teach whatever I wanted, it'd be the best class in the goddamn school. Like, it would be awesome. Like I've taught them about real estate. Like I, when I, I will every year, every semester, I teach them about like paying rent because they all pay rent. I'm like, do you know who's making money when you pay rent? It's the hmm. person that owns it and they do nothing. You are paying their mortgage. You're paying $300 more than what they owe. And then they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, so That's your good. parents are paying rent for someone else to make money. So they, it, it, and it like blows their mind. That's the only financial education they'll get from kindergarten <laughs> through college. That was it. Right. Yep. Yeah, so here's here's my question. This goes for both Matt and, and Ben. Now that you guys are a little bit more woke to the educational system and knowing like what's taught, what's not taught, how are you guys going to raise your kids to make sure that they have everything they need to be successful in life? And in, you know, have you ever thought about putting them through private school or putting them through the, because I feel like if you put them through the public school system, you know, you're going to have to undo a lot of shit damage. <laughs> like your job as a parent is be like, okay, what did you learn? Okay. Let me, let me teach you why that's false. Or like, let me, you know, <laughs> right. you're doing a lot of stuff. So what, what, what's your guys thought process of how you're going to raise your kids in the school system? We had a very deep conversation on this, but Matt, if two you want to go ahead ago. go first. Two, two episodes ago, you actually might want to listen to that one, Zach might be interesting, but um, yeah, I, uh, 
yeah, we'll try to keep it a little more brief than we did in that one. But yeah. basically, like, brief. I'm Brianna and I are not. We're, we're gonna do it. We're gonna homeschool, and um, we're not gonna. <laughs> Me personally, I'm trying to get around the uh, the whole school curriculum as much as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and like whatever I know, blasting this out to the public sphere, and you know, and <laughs> for in four years, you know, who knows how many people have end up here in this, but. Right. Um, yeah, we're, I'm going to try to just teach them what I think is important. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And not make it such a strict schedule by like, you know, at this age, you know, this by second grade, you learn cursive and like, you know, the way that school does it and just like allow them to learn as they go, but like teaching them the principles that I'm aware of, you know, like, Hey, you know, do you know why we can afford that? Do you know how we make money, how we earn money? Well, this is, you know, and start teaching them financial principles. Oh, you want those shoes? Okay, let me teach you how to make some money. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Stuff like that. And then obviously they'll see me reading all the time and like it'll lead them to want to read. Like Audrey already do it. So just come up, grab a book, sit next to me, oh, start reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. And then as far as like socialization goes, them because i i think that school has a does serve a purpose with teaching kids how to socialize with each other i think that you like i probably learned more just based off of i learned more in school learning how to socialize with other kids than i did without it so what's what's the plan there so as far as socialization i cut out there for a second but the question was basically how Mm -hmm. to socialize them yes yes yeah Yeah. okay so um you know sports other activities um, with us moving back to Missouri, they'll have their tons of cousins all around, aunts, uncles. Um, but honestly, you know, same way that we socialize ourselves now, like, you know, I'll take them to the gym straight up, you know, whatever. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty well socialized. I get, I get to socialize with people. So like, they'll be with me a lot. Mm-hmm. I like a lot about the way that Grant and Elena Cardone raised their daughters like they just brought them on the private jet brought them to the show had them speak at the at the 10x con you know what i mean like and then so then they're not afraid of public speaking by the time they're like nine years old they're spoken in front of thousands of people and it's just like you know he's not treating them like kids he's treating them like humans like hey i'm gonna develop great humans and that's my thought process is like we want to just put our kids in the best position to like develop into people that are better than us yeah that that was what brianna said after listening to us go go on for two and a half hours on that was like (laughs) the main goal is like we want to make them better than us Mm -hmm. that's the goal you know what i mean so i'm like i have a village i don't need a school system to to raise my kids or teach them anything yeah you know what i mean and if there's something i don't know that i think is important or i think that or, you know, something, I'm, I, there's plenty of stuff that I don't realize right now will be important to them. You know what I mean? And if I don't know it, I will go learn it or I will find someone who knows and like, let them teach the kids. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. but I just, I'm just not, we're, we're just not like, going to rely yeah, on. You're not going to teach them pian- piano, but take them to somebody who will, you know what right. I mean? So and keep going, right? Brianna was well before me and convinced me on, um, this whole idea of not having them go to public school and then not even having them go to school and just homeschooling them. So like, that's going to be part, a huge chunk of Brianna's job, obviously as mom, but also teacher 
but it's also like, we're not going to wait till kindergarten. You know what I mean? Like teaching has begun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, they're already in quote unquote school. They're just never going to actually go. But as, right. as, (laughs) As they get a little, as Audrey and Lucy get older, you know, and she can comprehend more, maybe we'll take a little bit more time to like, be like, Hey, let's focus on this subject for a little bit, you know? But like for now, when she goes and grabs the blocks, she's huge on the blocks right now. These giant Lego things we have. And we build a tower or two every day. You know what I mean? And that's learning for her right now. She's learning, getting better at it, working with her hands, you know, physical knowledge. Um, and I'm just like, we'll literally just expand. Nobody's going to pay nearly the attention that Brianna and I do to our kids. So like we're watching them. We're hanging out with them all the time. We're going to know their limits and push their limits and try to help them grow and become better. And we will just continue to do that until, you know, you know what that sounds like, Matt? It sounds like exactly what you're doing with your own life. Right. Exactly. So it's really no different. I mean, that's everything you're talking about is what you put yourself through. Pushing your limits, studying, finding what you're interested in, doing some research on it, finding that information on it, learning right. how and to I'm, have fun. And I mean, like, like you said in that episode, Ben is like, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I can do this. I don't need a babysitter like all day, which is what a lot of parents use school as. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. they use school as the parent too, which is that's mm-hmm. when it becomes a real problem. That's definitely when it becomes a major issue. But yeah, I'm in a position where it's like, you know, that's the most important thing in my life. So that's where I'm going to continue to put my time, energy and effort to try to help them be the best they can possibly be. So that's the shortest way I can put it. So what about you, Ben? My philosophy is different than Matt's. Um, I'm I'm a much bigger. I think I I find the value of uh, the social aspect of school. I think I see that as more valuable than than Matt does. I mean, obviously I do, because we're going to send our kids here to Centralia where we moved. Um, but we were very deliberate on where we wanted to move to. We specifically found the school district that we wanted, that we trusted. Um, and so I will, I, I'm not a hundred percent sold like that. Our kids are going to go all the way through senior year in one specific spot. But I do really, really like the base. I think I was thinking about this after we had our podcast uh, that we talked about this. I really believe in in that base uh, that you know elementary school can provide. I think that's where the best teachers are, in my opinion. They're not jaded by the system near as much. They're much more open to the exploration and you know all the things that we've talked about, like letting the letting the kids, letting the students kind of find their way. I think that elementary teachers are much, much more in tune to that. Uh, Like we talked about with the tipping point of middle school. I think when we get to that point, I think it's, it's worth reevaluating or as we go, I I don't want to say we're hard going to do it this way and not be flexible to what's needed. If Mia starts coming home with crazy ideas that I think are going to hold her back, we're going to make a change, right? You know? So I think it's going to be a, a work in progress and it's going to, it's going to be, you know, staying completely in tune with what's going on, what's being said, um, you know, but there's also value, I think, in learning different opinions coming home and, you know, Mia does it all the time. She does it all the time with religion. 
because everybody loves to be religious, right? Everybody thinks they're religious. So she'll come home with a lot of, you know, I mean, he's right. A lot I'm of sorry, ideas and hilarious. a lot of, uh, you know, and, and the, about God and about Jesus and about, you know, Christianity in general. And, and they're not bad things, right? Jesus loves everybody. So we need to love everybody. That's fantastic. That's but stuff. it's like, you know, she'll talk about heaven. She'll talk about God. And because that's a big deal when they're little, they like, they like to do those type of things, right? The preschool teachers love that stuff. And so then I get to talk to her about it, and, you know, and it drives Sean crazy sometimes. Cause I'm always like pushing her on it. You know, she'll say, when we die, we go to heaven. Like, she'll talk about that, like, if a cat dies. Like, oh, uh, Susie's cat died, so she went to heaven or whatever. Which is like, okay, so now we're thinking about death. And then I'll always flip it back. And I'm like, well, what if what if heaven's right now? <laughs> you know, and I and then she has to think about it. And she's like, well, you're crazy, you know, whatever. But I know she'll, take, she'll pause. And so I, I think there's value in learning a different opinion. Okay, let's contrast what the teacher thinks versus what dad thinks. And now, and then I can encourage her, make your own choice. Mm, you I like think. that. It's a and great so point, I oh, think that stuff. there's value in going out into the world and not having everything taught by mom and dad. And so we're going to push that. I think if it ever got to a point where I was upset with the school district she's in, we'd move her and I'd find, the, I'd find what's best. And if that's staying home, uh, then we'll do that. If that's going to a private school or finding something else, then we'll do that. But uh, I thought a lot about it after we had our conversation and cause we dove very deep and then Matt and Nick definitely challenged me on some things and it made me think it made me like reevaluate, which was really good. So I, I was glad we really glad we did that, but um, that's kind of where I stand right now. Good. I like that. I, I do think it's, imp- I don't know. I, I, don't regret going to school at all because my best friends for life I met through school. Mm. So I had a very good experience in school just with my friends, you know, it's one of those things that like, you know, school sucks as a kid, but you're in this together. So, right. And there's a little bit of a camaraderie there. (laughs) Kind of goes through the suck. Yeah, for sure. That's a very good point. hundred percent. Like all of my best friends were through school. And I also think like, as far as like with my basketball team, uh them all being in school together creates yeah. a bond it builds yeah. a relationship we live in the same just community being on the team. Yeah. yeah we go to we have the same teachers or mm-hmm. you know the guys like a lot of them run track so it's like oh we all get coached by coach p in mm-hmm. basketball and then coach hancock coaches us in track and it's like this is our experience this is our life and so it bonds 100 so 100 it's pretty That's cool true. so you can also get that and the multiple teachers like you were saying i thought that was a really good point from like mm-hmm. aunts and uncles with varying yeah. viewpoints and they'll get all they'll get the god they'll get the other side of money they'll get you know they'll get it all from yeah. their aunts and uncles too mm-hmm. and they will also be you know because <clears throat> uh lauren and veronica are doing homeschooling stuff as well so i mean we've discussed the idea of possibly like moving that unit around a little bit yeah like hey they could all come to our house and we'd be the teachers for the day you know what i mean and i think i like that because if you're doing it consistently then the the kids can build trust with like lauren veronica so veronica is our sister and lauren's our sister-in-law just to give you context Mm -hmm. uh 
So if you're doing that on a consistent basis, then the trust can be built where yeah. if you just do it once in a while, like if, like when Mia sees, um, like uncle rich, stinky poopy, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's once or twice a year. So there's not like he could say some things that could be profound and she's going to be like, whatever, I don't really know you. But if you do it consistently, like that's where going to school every day or, you know, and seeing a teacher every other day, you build that consistency and the good ones build trust. Uh, that's where it's like, okay, like, cause I know I give my players, especially, you know, I'm, I'm giving them a certain mindset and I'm talking about things differently than their parents do. And so now they have to decide for themselves, like, well, what's, what's true? What's true to me? Is it what mom says or is it what coach says? And now they have to think and they have to figure out for themselves. If they right. go, if but they take the that approach, then it can grow them. If they just become a sheep to whatever the teacher says, that's a problem. Yeah. I think that if you put your kids through the public school, but you don't teach them how to think for themselves, that's how you get someone who's molded. But I think yes. that's a good I, And I also think that there's going to be people who go through and are just going to be intuitively woke and intuitively question. Um, that will be able to think for themselves regardless. So I don't think that the school system is the sole thing responsible for creating what is called quote unquote sheep. But I right. think it's, it's the lack of parenting at home to get yeah. them. To and that's, that's what Nick always says. It's let's not let the parents off the hook here. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, me too. I think parenting has a huge, huge impact. And I think that a lot of times when, and I see it all the time, like students get to a, an age where they can kind of take care of themselves. They can get themselves on the bus. They can get dressed. It's like, I'm done. Yeah. So I also think it's an interesting point that you made. I think that the years of kindergarten to elementary are, are definitely important because that's where they learn how to read, write, do math, things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that once you get to high school, I think that there's a lot of time wasted in high school. Yes, 100%. I teach in high school. Doubt. It's a ton of wasted time. It's it's a <laughs> lot of time that could be spent. Dude, it's crazy. Developing skills or being creative or, you know, things like that. But at the same time, the parties were fucking awesome in high school. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was fun. There's no lie sure. there. No lie there, yeah. Matt. Uh, Alejandro's house. Dude, that was wild. <laughs> That was wild. I wanted to clarify one thing. When I said we've discussed doing that, moving the them in a unit to like Veronica's and then Lawrence, me and Brianna have discussed that. We <laughs> I was going to say. discussed it yet. I was going to say. With Veronica the family. Did Lawrence stamp that approval or did Bobby better yet? Yeah. Like I had to enjoy over there. Are you kidding well, me? Well, you know. He'll end up playing baseball. <laughs> right. But dude, what Ben just said about Alejandro's house one night. This is very early in my partying career, too. Me, this is my senior year, right? And your junior yeah, year? It was this, it would have been the summer right after your senior year, before you left for college. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And me and Ben and our sister Veronica and our brother Bobby, no communication whatsoever all night, like just nothing at all. And all four of us end up at this exact same house party. <laughs> huh. um, and it was, it was an eventful night. It was one yeah. of those things like where you see your family and you're like, how did you end up here? We were all, all like, what? Four of us. <laughs> yeah. We're like, seriously? That's crazy. It's supposed to be the only party in town That's or at so the high funny. school tonight. That's actually hilarious. 
Yeah, it, it was, was pretty awesome. cool. It was it was a night we always we talk about a lot. So it's, yeah. that was fun. Me, me and my brother were we just missed each other in high school. I graduated when he was a freshman, so I didn't I didn't get to uh I didn't get to see him at any parties. But I knew my my brother was a partier. Actually, he still is a partier. He likes to go hard. <laughs> I'm shocked, dude. He's working that nine to five, baby. Yeah. He's partying hard. Dude. You work oh, at yeah. nine to I five. Mean, you talk party. about talk about traditional. I mean, he went he went to college, joined a frat, did that whole thing. Wow, another next level, baby. Yeah, he had a good time. I didn't join the frat, but definitely went frat to college. Actually, as you find out, is not next level. That's actually the norm. Most dudes were in frats. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's all the way. Oh, all the way. Next yeah. level. In yeah, the my brother is like, yeah, as like, a, okay. as molded as, as like he's going to the <laughs> like he's going to the bar right His after poor work, soul. You know? Yeah, he's gone. Oh, no, <laughs> he's gone going to the, the system. Oh man, no, I don't know. Uh, okay. I feel like he would. Where we grew up, there's nothing to do though, so there's no bars. There's no bars to go to. So like, yeah. I mean, so he has a girlfriend down in San Diego. They like to go out. They like to go out and like have fun. I'm honestly happy for him. She's she's awesome. He knows what he likes to do. You know, good for him. But yeah, he's not he's not hitting the bar after work. That's good. Okay, there's a line there. (laughs) Yeah. That's great stuff. Awesome. Closing thoughts, boys. Yeah, I think we could. uh, I think we could wrap this one up. Um, So, Zach, we do basically right now is you can talk about whatever you want. Little cover your episode recap. Send the listeners off with some word of advice. Whatever you want to do. Basically, we just go around, and you're gonna just. uh, drop your closing thoughts on the episode on, you know, we're, I'm sure we'll have you back at some point if you'd like to be on, but until now, this is your, your final moment on the poverty podcast. And then you're going to go uninterrupted and then we're just tossed around the circle and sign off. Cool. Well, uh, what I'll say is that I will definitely love to come back. So anytime that you guys want me on, just let me know. We'll make that happen. Uh, Closing thoughts. There's definitely a lot of things that we talked about today, but I think that just keep an open mind about, traditional education, new form education, opportunities for business, and also just, you know, understanding how to, I guess, just opening your mind up to what we think is productive versus what's actually productive, Mm. what we think we need to do to become successful versus what actually the steps look like, and uh, learning to question, you know, what, what people have been pushing down your throat. So that's what I got. Yeah. Love it. Zach, I love it. Um, well said. You're a very well spoken, man. Very impressive. Um, I loved having you on. I love talking to you. It's honestly, me and Matt and Nick talk about it all the time. It's like having having people that really push us is what we what we crave and we push each other. Mm. And you've really pushed me outside of my box today. Um, you know, and okay. and the first time we met, but I'd say more today. I felt like we got to dive really, really deep. And so just hearing your your philosophies, the way you you break things down was was amazing. I can't wait to go back and listen to this one and get my notebook out and mm. uh, take a master's class in, in Zach Colburn. Oh, yeah. So uh, just really really cool to have you on. I'm uh, really grateful to have you as a friend. You know, obviously through Matt and Nick. So um, thanks again, and yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Thanks, man. Yeah, man, this episode was incredible. Like the amount of just profound knowledge dropped was <laughs> through the roof. Um, 
but yeah, I'm actually, I'm super stoked that you got to meet these guys. I mean, you've known Nick, I'm sure you got to know him a lot more at, at my bachelor party and you finally got to meet Ben and you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. As you can mm-hmm. see now you're on, now you're on the podcast and uh, you know, just in with the family. And yeah, man, I just feel super blessed that we crossed paths here in, in San Diego and we met and became so close. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude, this is definitely this has been one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> and uh, also, I would say something I love about it is now it's been like, you know, we're pushing two and a half hours. We're getting close. And something we've talked about and that I love about this podcast is that like everyone's off their phone. We're literally just having a conversation and that's hard to do these days. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to not, we've, we've forced ourselves to have this excuse to not get interrupted. And that's why you can have these awesome conversations. So anyway, um, yeah, I love you, brother. Can't wait to have you back on. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, dude, I could just like from the beginning, you know, I just saw Zach's face when I got on and I'm just like, the energy's right. The vibe <laughs> is here, dude. I was just so excited. I was excited. Like, coming into like friday i could feel it on my birthday i'm like we got zach on monday <laughs> life is good dude and like dude you delivered and then some tonight like the guy said i want to go back and re-listen and take some notes like are we gonna charge for this episode i mean i don't I know if this, episode this is, a, this is only on the make premium it, make it a subscription premium. episode one dollar I mean, <laughs> five bucks ben mommy yeah <laughs> I mean, this one deserves a fee. And I mean, just appreciate you having on, man. Um, I feel like we've gotten a lot closer this year than over the past few years. And it's For just sure. been awesome to like get to know you, man. And you just continue to impress me, dude. Like everything about you just continues to impress me. Like you're so well thought out. You're so like your attention to detail is incredible, but yet you're so humble and relaxed and so chill. Like it's very hard to find somebody who like does both of those things. You know, a lot of people who are like that, I don't know like if analytical is the right word for it, but then can also be so relaxed, so chill, so down to earth all at the same time. Like it's a rare, rare thing, you know, to meet somebody like you. So I'm just happy that like, I can call your friend at this point um, and just appreciate you having on, man. So thanks, thanks for guys. coming. I thought this is a recap of the episode, not a love letter. <laughs> I'm loving this. It's a love letter. We tend to do that, yeah. I guess. Yeah, we do. The- with the guests yeah we so, like well we, we want to make sure you come that. back i so. yeah no i i genuinely appreciate it it means a lot well it's just the truth man um and yeah we all just again we appreciate you having on man and until the until next time the yep. paladin I'll podcast see you guys in october okay <laughs> <laughs> the, I love i'm gonna get my line out i here. will see you in october <laughs> it's all right he's not he doesn't listen to the pod guys nor does he, he will need to. he will know no, he will. But uh, the Paladin Podcast is <laughs> signing off. Adios, amigos. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>